think we better start over, don't you? Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I'm joined, as always, by... Brendan Fitzpatrick. And this week, since we are talking about a time loop movie, we decided we had to have our time loop correspondent come back and talk about the movie with us. So welcome back to the podcast, Taylor Cotter. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me, guys. Hey, Taylor. Welcome back. Do you think you're the only time loop correspondent there is in the world? Uh, there's got to be people who understand it better than I do. <laughs> I have a tighter grasp on it, so I, I sure hope not. Yeah. Um, well, it is It is your second time loop movie that you've joined mm-hmm. us for, I believe. Mm-hmm. So last last year you were on with with us for Happy Death Day. And uh, this is this the only, the second movie you've been on, or were you on another movie in addition uh, to that? I did um, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitters. Oh, right. Yes, right classic, classic. Yeah. Right. Classic movie I, and classic episode of the podcast. <laughs> I think I'm probably more suited to be like a babysitter correspondent than a time <laughs> correspondent. So maybe I can have two things. Well, if you can, if you can link this week's movie to "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead," that would that be very would, impressive. Yeah, I'll think if about it. There was a time loop babysitter movie. That's an idea. <laughs> for a if it's yeah. like this girl who's babysitting these bratty kids, and she has to end up babysitting them every day until she gets it right. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> starts the whole day over and over and over again. That's yes. it. There you go. Boom. Million dollar yeah. idea. Groundhog Day with a babysitter. Yes. I, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yes. So as as I said, we are talking about a time loop movie. So last week we talked about the Tomorrow War. And this week, due to a myriad of different connections, including a sci-fi war movie against an alien creature, we will be talking about Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, also known as Live, Die, Repeat. Um, they kind of goes by two different titles. We'll discuss if either of those titles was any good. <laughs> and uh, then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in from you, the listeners. Suggestions us, your host, brought. And uh, we'll pick that movie that we'll be talking about next week. We will be spoiling Edge of Tomorrow. So if you haven't watched it yet, we'll put a timestamp so you can jump ahead to when we start talking about our latter suggestions for next week. Uh, but of course, you should pause this podcast, go and watch it, and come back and listen to the discussion. Uh, it does over. not seem like it's streaming for free anywhere that I could find. But uh, get the Blu-ray from your local library, and like I did, watch it. It was like um, if you're subscribed to TNT TV Plus, you get it. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I don't know what TNT TV Plus is or USA TV Plus. But, I don't but it's probably got commercials. I would it's probably got commercials, even if you yeah. have. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> um, Taylor, how did you watch it? Yeah, uh, Apple TV. Oh, Apple I TV. just nice. typed it in and clicked the button. But the I was um, the card says "Live, Die, Repeat," so I was like, "What the what the hell? Where is it?" And like, then, <laughs> like, oh, it's it's right here. Um, yeah, I think we should decide. What are we? What are we calling this? We're we calling this Edge of Tomorrow. Or we're calling this Live Die Repeat. We're, we're calling it Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Um, we can't. We can't go back and change the past and call the movie Live Die Repeat. <laughs> yeah. Is one the international title and one the American title? Or? No, one oh. is the DVD title. When it, <laughs> like so, when it was out in theaters, it was Edge of Tomorrow, and then when they released the like Blu-ray and DVD and streaming. They're like, oh, nobody knows what Edge of Tomorrow means. Let's call it Live, Die, Repeat. They just changed it? That's, yeah. that's nuts. Uh, it's nuts. Yeah. And the sequel, which I'm sure we'll get into, is called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. So it's just yeah. the, 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 the terrible marketing. That's um, they should so have called it bizarre. The Edge of Tomorrow, Tomorrow. 
<laughs> yeah, the right. edge of the edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I, so, uh, yes, go ahead. No, I'm just like, you have a huge, big budget blockbuster that does pretty well. Like, you know, yeah. in a time where people, like, right before, like, streaming kind of takes over people are probably going to the store looking to buy the dvd and you just change the name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you're hoping that they're enticed by a large picture of tom cruise on the cover yeah that's it that's but, uh, that's crazy yeah. but, hey. i think it's more surprising that they're paying all this money to some marketing agency or their own in-house marketing and that's what they come up with they're like we're gonna call it edge of tomorrow or actually we're gonna call it live die repeat live die repeat i guess makes Sense. Like, I I thought maybe they were like, oh, it's kind of like a spoiler for the movie, so they aren't going to put it in I the I think title. That, that's another thing to discuss, too, when we get into it. Uh, Live, Die, Repeat basically is, like the, is a tagline. It's not a title. Like, that's not a title yeah. of the movie. Right. It's an action. It's, I don't know. Uh, weird. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that and all of our gripes once we get into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so check it out on whatever streaming platform you want to rent it from and as always you can submit your feedback to us ratings questions comments at ladder movie on twitter the movie ladder at gmail.com and send brendan those emails he collates them every week (laughs) uh taylor it's been a while for it's your first appearance in season two of the movie ladder podcast yeah uh what have you been up to what's going on in your world um um i work all the time i I have a one-year-old. Um, I'm trying to start an improv theater, and and I finished grad school. So that's that's it. <laughs> in that order? No, not in that order. <laughs> not that. You, Congratulations on all of that, like oh, life work. Thank well, you. Most so, of us just learned how to build a sourdough. You built a baby and a grad school. <laughs> Well, so um, most of that I put into put into action long before uh, I'm just finishing now finally but um, yeah no I'm just tired all the time and uh, that's it your uh, your daughter was born what right before COVID started yeah like the day the day COVID started so she gotten to meet other people besides just uh, you and Liz? oh yeah now so that only started pretty recently that like if other people are vaccinated and like that she can hang out with them and like other little kids so she's very gregarious so she's she's been having a lot of fun she likes you know th- there's like a lot of things we didn't really teach her like sharing or like things that like you can't like just. <laughs> go take food off of other people's plates, that kind of thing. So that stuff is, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to build that in now because uh, there was no, no need earlier, but no, she's, she's a lot of fun. She's a good kid. That's good. And uh, you, at some point, whether you want to do it now or you want to do it at the end of the podcast, you got to tell us more about the improv theater that you're building. uh, Oh, it's very, I, I, uh, I can do it quickly now. Uh, It's just uh, in Rhode Island where I live. My husband and I are starting an improv theater, uh, we used to perform at one that closed during COVID, so we are starting a new one, and that's hopefully opening in September. Man, I got to make a trip out uh, one That'll of these days, fun. once it's going, yes. Because the one time I, I visited you, I went to more improv in that weekend <laughs> than I'd been to in my entire life. But that was <laughs> my life where I was doing more improv than I've ever done in my entire life. So uh, it's, been, it's been a long break for me. I'm not going to perform that much. I'm mostly doing the computer stuff. <laughs> Nice. Well, it'll be very funny computer stuff, I'm sure. 
Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's get into best movie you watched this week. So um, Brendan and I both saw Black Widow already. So I think we're going to save like a little spoilery Black Widow discussion for the end of this podcast. Um, just a heads up. So, uh, but Taylor, what's the best thing you've watched uh, really since your last appearance back in uh, back in November? Oof. Okay. So since November, that's a better question. This week, I don't, I couldn't tell you. Um, I, we, and I may have talked about this last time that uh, my husband and I have been sort of on a kick of watching like um, fun 80s movies. So things that we had mostly had never seen. So I'm trying to think of like the, some of the ones we did. I, we watched Working Girl, which I know you guys talked about. Mm, yep. Yeah. Just the week was, before you were on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, we watched Earth Girls Are Easy. Have you guys that been on the ladder yet? No. No, I haven't heard of it. It's really fun. It's, like, super wacky and bizarre. Um, I think it's on HBO. Um. Sounds like an HBO movie. Yeah, um, movie with, uh, Julia Roberts where she, like, uh, fakes her own death that I can't remember the name of Oh, Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of fun. So yeah, I just kind like of like yeah. I really like um on HBO Max. It kind of feels like you're in a blockbuster. Like it like <laughs> you the movies in there are like what you would have seen in a blockbuster and you're just like yeah. looking at the covers and you're like, "Okay, like this looks fun." Like and you do like take it home and like it's nothing like you expected it to be. That's kind of what all those movies have been. Yeah, I for a while I wasn't sure I liked that so when you click on a movie on HBO Max, it only shows you the cover mm-hmm. and doesn't give you any kind of description underneath it like right. a lot of other apps do. And so oh, you're great. just kind of going for it yeah. until until you click into the movie. And by then you're like, I might as well start it. It so, would be yeah, funny. It's, sorry. It would be funny if like it was like Blockbuster and you'd be like, oh, you can't watch this one because someone else is already yeah. watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, I like that. Um, yeah, they should just really recreate the experience of going to the video mm-hmm. store because you know the next generation they just are never going to know how great going to the video store was. I know, That's I know. Great. Yeah, oh. it's one of the things my my uh, local library just opened yesterday, and so I went there to pick this movie up, and they have a huge Blu-ray selection, and it's like being in Blockbuster where you can just walk around and you can browse the shelves, and uh, it it really is like going to the video store. I love it. So, That's I, awesome. I was so glad to do that yesterday. So. Cool. That's uh, um, well, I was going to say, uh, if you want to follow the pattern of watching the movie we did the week before you were on, uh, you can watch The Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime sometime soon. I, I will, and I, I am going to do that because I have been planning to watch it, and I have yet to. Yes. Uh, you're I mean, you're a Doughboys you, fan, so you, yeah, uh, big you are well, well, premier, well familiar with the uh, making of The Tomorrow War at this point. Yeah. Maybe you guys can help me navigate this. I have, like, one other friend who likes the Doughboys, and we were like, we're going to watch it together. But now we have to, like, align schedules and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, oh, uh, that's why I haven't watched it yet. So I'm like, I don't know. How do you guys align schedules when you're trying to watch a movie with your bud? Uh, I mean, Zach and I used to coordinate watching at the same time when we were doing the MCU rewatch with Kosho Recaps, where mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning at, like, 11 a.m., we would both hit play on Disney Plus at the same time mm. and then chat on Gchat throughout the movie. Yeah. You know, the big was... mistake people make with the virtual watches is that they try to do like a Zoom call while they're watching yeah. the movie. And it it never works because yeah. you're never at the exact same point. So somebody's got an echo and you're trying to watch the movie and hear what they're saying, but then talk to each other. 
uh, it's you're better off just texting while you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Or watching in person if if they're that's fair. I'm in a with uh, some. This is crazy. I don't know. This is like a little irrelevant, but I'm sure you guys will understand. Like, since the pandemic started, have you guys had like people in real life want to talk to you about Survivor? No, No. not at all. I have (laughs) had so many people in my life come out of the woodwork and be like, Hey, oh my God, what do you think of like season four? Like random, and they're <laughs> all watching, four, uh, like they're watching from the beginning also. And I'm like, I like, and my, you know, my opinions are like entrenched in like 10 years of being like an online survivor fan. So like, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm like fun to talk to about it, but it's the only thing like people know about me. So it has been <laughs> kind of crazy, but I am in like a survivor rewatch group now with like some real life friends and i'm like oh like it's tough because i'm like i i don't know i've seen it all so much talked about it to death but um that's okay good to know that was a unique unruly i I wish that more of my friends and family were into survivor like my sister is obsessed with big brother so i have a really good time Mm -hmm. watching big brother with her because she and i'll text and she's actually more tapped into the live feeds that I am like, yeah. I I got CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus for her, so oh, that wow. she could rewatch seasons <laughs> of Big Brother and watch all the live feeds. And she just sends me a chunk of money like <laughs> once or twice a but year. You're gonna say a chunk of nice. her takes, you know, yeah. And then she sends me a chunk of her takes as well. So, <laughs> you know, I I've yet to receive the phone call from the start of this season yet, but I tried to get into her into Survivor, and she was just like, I can't do it. I tried. I'm sorry. It's so much easier to watch so than Big Brother. I think so too. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't have anybody who talks to me about Survivor in real life. But I'm waiting for my mom in a few days to see the Facebook post from Survivor <laughs> from last week that has the premiere mm. date and yeah. uh, let me know that the, that the premiere is coming in September. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard it yet. She just must not have been on Facebook or Instagram lately. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the other thing I would say uh, is we're just going on all kinds of tangents before we even start is uh, if you're planning a group watch with somebody, just throw a Google Calendar event on there. That's Google. I use Google Calendar yeah. for everything. And then they then you are committed to it. You can't back out. This is yeah, expert. No one's ever no one's ever gone from yes to no on a Google Calendar. <laughs> no, they haven't. They have. But it's easier. Like like Mac and I trying to plan these uh, Fast and Furious podcasts. We are so much better when I just am like, okay, let's pick a date and I throw a calendar event on there. And then it's lingering over his head all week because he knows he's got to do it. So mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's a whole bunch of different things that you've watched since November. Um, and I'm excited to see when you do get to Tomorrow War, if you agree with our takes last week or not. Yeah, um, and we'll try not to spoil it too much. When we're talking about connections this week. Uh, it would yeah. be funny. It'd be funny to do the movie ladder in reverse. I oh guess. yeah, yeah, go down the ladder. Yeah, it'd be like a real memento thing. Which yeah. uh, then you would get to memento, and it'd just be very weird. <laughs> uh, all right, Brendan, how about you? Uh, so I didn't watch a whole lot this week aside from Black Widow. Um, my Criterion pick this week actually, I think, would be really interesting to the listeners of the podcast, given some of our uh, discussions so far this year, I watched the 1987 British dramedy Maurice for the Merchant Ivory Collection mm. on Criterion. It stars Hugh Grant and Rupert Graves and 
a whole slew of British actors, including uh, cameos from Denholm Elliott and Ben Kingsley. It's a dramedy set in Edwardian English society in the early 1900s and revolves around the... We actually could have connected to this from Brokeback Mountain because it's basically the British Brokeback Mountain. It's two young prep school boys, one of whom is played by Hugh Grant, and it they fall in love during primary school or prep school, and it follows the movie follows their romance over the next several decades. And so we actually could have like connected to this from um Brokeback Mountain, and I don't want to give too much of it away. I thought it was really, really well done. Um it's a little over two hours. But I really, really liked it. Um, I thought it was really well made. It's got plenty of comedy in it to sort of lighten the mood of the... Because, I mean, it's got that awkward, like, British stuffiness Mm -hmm. where everybody's trying to sneak around and have relationships with each other that they know they're not supposed to be having. And it leads to a lot of awkward exchanges between friends and family around their relationship. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it, um, and I re- highly recommend uh, people check it out. That's Maurice. streaming? Yeah, it's streaming on Criterion, and it's uh, Maurice from 1987. Uh, nice. There you go. Cool. Uh, cool. All right, I'm going to go 11 years after you, and yeah. uh, I'm not going to do my Criterion pick because I'm actually a week behind. I have not watched my Merchant Ivory selection yet for this week, uh, but I did watch Out of Sight for my personal movie ladder. Starring uh, George Clooney and nice. Jennifer Lopez, uh, and I connected to it from uh, oh now I'm blanking on the name of the movie the Cullen Brothers movie the Hollywood one um, oh uh, Barton Fink no the, Hail Caesar Hail Caesar thank you yes uh, so I connected from that and it, this does have like a total like Cullen Brothers crime uh, mm-hmm. like comedy vibe lots of good characters uh, would have been a great connection off of Fargo. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. I didn't, I'd never seen it before. Uh, lots of surprises and uh, just great George Clooney performance and uh, fun characters. So I'd recommend that. Nice. So, and I'm excited because that I can take my personal ladder to No Sudden Move, which is the new Steven Soderbergh movie, uh, which is mm-hmm. supposed to have a very out of sight uh, feel to it. Yeah. From what I've heard. Yeah. I, I enjoyed No Sudden Move. I hope people check it out. Yeah. So, uh, and then we'll touch on Black Widow because we both watched it, and uh, we'll do like 10, 15 minutes at the end of this podcast. So, if you have seen Black Widow, it'll be a full spoiler discussion. So, if you've seen Black Widow, uh, which Taylor is not, we're going to kick her off later on in this podcast, and then we'll do that. So, we will not kick her off. We will politely say goodnight, and <laughs> we'll give Taylor the rest of her <laughs> night back, not yeah, make exactly, her stick around exactly. and listen to us talk about Black Widow. And we'll say not, be, not because so I don't want to be spoiled, because I will probably never see it, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. It, it is like the most standalone of all the Marvel movies, um, so you definitely could see it without seeing the other ones. And it, the one thing I will say is it would have been a great connection off of Tomorrow War. There are tons of connections from Tomorrow War, um, including the same composer, Lauren Balfi, who did it, uh, and a couple other cast connections, so... I blame Brendan for not picking Black Widow for this week's movie because it definitely could have worked. Same composer, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lauren Balfi, who was on Bill Boys a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, spins up a masterful score in both Black Widow and in Tomorrow War. He does. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, with that, let's hop back into another time loop. So this is our third time loop movie. Last year we did Groundhog Day and uh, and Happy Death Day. 
And today we are doing Live Die Repeat, also known did, as um, Palm Springs too, right? We talked about Palm Springs. Oh, okay. We didn't actually yeah, do it as part of the ladder. Okay. Uh, but we all love, all three of us back when I was on the podcast, love Palm Springs as well. Yep. Um, so this one is, uh, this is Edge of Tomorrow. This is from 2014. This was a f- uh, rewatch for me. Brendan, a rewatch for you as well? Rewatch for me as well. Um, actually, really funny story behind me logging onto Amazon to watch this. So I rented it last night and I went to press play and the movie started about 95 minutes in. And I was like, what the hell? And so I hit back, and apparently the last time I rented this, I had left it off, and Amazon somehow remembered that and started me at the point I left off the last time I rented it. So, and what point I mean, was I, that? Know I, had, I know I had seen the whole movie, but I don't remember renting it and not finishing it, so it was really weird. But I had to, like, hit repeat and start the whole thing over again, so... I thought it was a very apt uh, way to watch this movie <laughs> last night. What point was it that the movie was restarting for you? It was like around the 95 minute mark, like right after they leave London and go back to the barracks. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's a good spot to rewatch. Uh, you probably could start this. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can't start this movie at any point and rewatch it. Uh, Taylor, you also had an interesting viewing experience of this, correct? Uh, what did I say? Oh, I fell asleep. Yes, and no <laughs> fault at all of the the film. Uh, like I said, I'm tired all the time now, so I it was inevitable. Um, but yeah, and I when I uh went back the next day to fast forward, I was like, mm, I got no clue <laughs> because uh, of all the repeats. I was like, I'm not. I really am not certain at all <laughs> where where to restart this movie. You're so like, I, I made a guess. Yeah, you're like I fell asleep at the point where the guy is calling him a maggot. Uh, Well, this was your first time watching, correct, Taylor? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, you get to lead us off. What do you think? What were were your thoughts on the movie? Um, So, you guys, this is not, like, my type of movie, which I'm sure you guys know, but it's, um, like, for how I approach, like, action movies and stuff like this and how I feel about most of them, I enjoyed this definitely more than I would than like the average action movie. I really liked uh like I don't know if you would call it like uh original IP uh, like I think mm-hmm. but like to like I don't know, I'm so sick of like franchise stuff and like <laughs> it's so exhausting to be like oh like you can't see a movie now unless you've seen the first 9 movies and uh, like as someone who hasn't like spent a lot of time keeping up with like various franchises that's very that can make things very challenging when there's such a limited selection so um yeah I think like for something it was kind of like a snack of a movie and I think there were parts where I was just sort of like okay you know like blah 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 I get you know they have to talk about all the you know the moral implications of alien war or whatever like that's fine like but I thought it was a uh, I thought it was better than better than I would have expected. I I did not uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, calling it a snack of a movie is a good a good way to call it yeah. because that's also how I felt watching this. A lot of movies can, especially this vein, can mm-hmm. feel like okay, this is you know kickstarting a franchise and and this is they are making a sequel to this, so it's not going to be a snack for much longer. It's going to yeah. have a second version, yeah. uh, a second one. Um, but as I was watching it, it was kind of the same thing where it 
I was I've been watching a lot of action movies lately because I've been watching all the Fast and Furious movies for the other podcast. I've been watching Marvel movies uh, and they are also intertwined and interconnected. And this was just a very standalone movie. Um, yeah. And it, it is noticeable for a movie that came out in 2014 that you just don't get this kind of movie that often, mm-hmm. uh, especially for these like action uh battle alien movies yeah especially for like the sci-fi action genre it's very rare that there won't have been some original movie that it was based on or a well-known comic book that everybody's talking about or a tv show like it's very rare so but this movie does obviously crib on lots of other movies oh Uh, i mean it's obviously you know all the time loop movies specifically uh groundhog day that it's, you know, this is the action version of Groundhog Day. It's the war version of Groundhog Day. Um, but there's also, you know, references to Alien and Aliens in it. There's yeah. a character they reference named Hendrix. We have uh, uh, several Aliens references. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lots and lots of Aliens references. So, uh, so yeah, it, it does reference a whole bunch of movies. Uh, and, you know, we're saying, oh, you know, this is a standalone action movie that's not based on any existing IP. Uh, well, just last it- week. How quickly we forget the Tomorrow War also is is in the same vein as that. Right, but if if to, if these two movies are pizza, and let's say because we're calling them a snack, mm-hmm. this is a snackable type of movie. If the Tomorrow War was pizza, it would be a frozen pizza that you warm up at like nine o'clock on a Friday night. And this movie is like a fresh, out of the oven Della Barba artisan pizza that you have ordered and it shows up half an hour after you ordered it fresh and hot out of the oven. Like this movie is crisp and delicious and fresh in a way that I think both are enjoyable and both either one, you're going to have a great night, but (laughs) one is clearly better than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's funny. You say that you heat up the tomorrow war pizza in the oven, considering the themes of that movie. That Absolutely. I won't spoil for Taylor. Uh, <laughs> my metaphor, my metaphor was on purpose. Thank you. Uh, but I, I, but I, I would say this is like this one is like the Domino's that you order and you get it and you're like oh, I'm gonna have Domino's tonight. But then you eat it and you're like, whoa, this Domino's is really good. I think because <laughs> I, I when I went to this movie back in 2014 when it came out, I remember I was just like, well, this is playing at the time when I have you know I'm going to the theater, so I guess I'll see it. And I went by myself. And I remember mm-hmm. I walked out. I was like, whoa, that was awesome. I was not <laughs> expecting that. So, and I don't think anybody was really expecting this movie right. to, to live up to, you know, what it did. Can I say something that I struggle with is like what you were just talking about alien and aliens. I feel like, like, obviously I've never seen those movies and mm-hmm. I watched this with my husband. He was like, oh, like this is a reference to like a uh, full metal jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, like that is so lost on me. And I like, and I, I know I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff but like you have to imagine like there's got to be people out there like dumber Mm. than me like and I think like Gen Z is gonna like have way less concept of like oh like a lot of these are like like homages to each other in a way that like is gonna be lost and I'm like I'm like patient zero for not knowing these things so uh, one of the things that Edge of Tomorrow does really well is that it subtly works in those references mm-hmm. so that they're there if you know to look for them, but you don't have to know them. And the movie doesn't gotcha. make fun of you for not knowing them. That's Whereas true. I think, I think, you know, other movies 
are way more blatant about the references and like, see, this is the joke because we're making a joke about yeah. the movies you may or may not have seen. I mean, so, well, like the Full Metal Jacket reference, though, they literally say this is the Full Metal uh, <laughs> and they call her Full Metal Bitch. So like yeah. the, the, they, they, they like name drop Full Metal Jacket yeah. in and like they use jacket like that's what they call the weapon that they use in the right but your well. lack of knowing that doesn't take away from yeah it doesn't impact what i mean yeah i'm like a child watching a pixar movie and there's like <laughs> yeah. you know like innuendo and stuff and i'm just like this is right. great yeah, well, it yeah. just, it's, i kind of like that because it just enhances it for for those of us who have seen aliens mm-hmm. you know when they they reference a character named hicks uh in this movie or was it Hick, uh, hendrix is what they say uh who's the character in alien uh, or is it aliens, Brendan? Hendrix. Hendrix is, is aliens. Aliens. Okay. Either way, somebody in that franchise, when they reference that character, and you have Bill Paxton in this movie, yeah. if you do, if you recognize, it doesn't impact the movie one way or the other. But if you recognize it, you can be like the Leo GIF playing at the TV, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and be like, oh, I, was, I get that. I was gonna say, like, what emotion do you feel like when you like get something like that? You're just like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's like when you read like, I mean, you read a book, you know, read, read like a classic book and it has some literary reference. Right? It's the same type of thing. It's just this yeah. is a little bit like, like a little secret trivia for right. the insiders. And yeah. what it does, you say like Gen Z isn't going to look for that. I think Gen Z will because one that they are no, you know, they're all about MCU and these different That's true. big yeah. cinematic universes where, you know, there's a there's a truck in the background of uh an episode of loki and everybody's like oh that's this thing from this yeah of movie watching it's but it yeah. it allows two things one you can listen to a podcast uh the smarter yeah. podcast in this one where they can identify and say oh did you see the did you see the thanos helicopter that's from this if that's from this comic book or you can watch the youtube video that's 25 things you didn't notice about this episode yeah. of loki and they point out all those things yeah so and that's what I, I I like when those things are are in there because it's it's fun to spot those. You're like, oh, that's a that's a fun reference to like this other movie I like or uh, like The Wizard of Oz, for example. You know, it's like like you watched Lost, right, Taylor? No, no. okay, no. well, Lost did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think that it is fun. It kind of I think it's it seems like it's like a nod from like creator to creator in a way of like, mm-hmm. Oh, like I'm a filmmaker and I've been inspired by films. Right. I will say there's an episode of Loki that everybody just says is the before sunrise episode of Loki. And it, if you've seen before sunrise, which I, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it, but they are definitely, it is not before sunrise. It is two people having a conversation in an episode of a TV show, but that's the only trend. way that it's like before sunrise. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> but like every podcast is just like, yeah, that was the Before Sunrise episode of Loki, and it's uh, not the case. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the other thing that this movie definitely references, though, is this movie is a video game, pretty much. Absolutely, and, and that's one of my big things I wrote down. Yeah, I mean, in, in like the respawn spot, I mean, like there's so much that you're you're watching him get better and kind of play the first level over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then he gets past the first level and then you're watching the second. And like there there are specific we the last couple of movies we've talked a lot about, like, oh, this is very episodic. It reminded me of like a TV show. Like this is like levels of a video game. Like there are specific mm-hmm. levels and mm-hmm. you're watching him get better and beat those levels of the video game. Yeah. And it's it, it's a really fun to watch it from the perspective of Tom Cruise's character is both experiencing this as the character in the game, but also expressing the emotions that a person playing this game on hard mode would be having 
each time he dies and respawns. Son of a bitch, it's yeah. Like, yeah, like, like he, he, he might as well be just throwing his remote control at the television, mm-hmm. you know, while he's doing this, because that's what is happening. It's like, so I, I really appreciated that on this watch, and I don't know that I picked up on that as much the first time I saw it. But. Yeah. Are you much of a gamer? No, but uh, no, I think that's a really insightful, insightful thing. And I think that um, something that I kind of noticed compared to Happy Death Day and I guess to Palm Springs and even Groundhog Day, it's like he doesn't really have like the emotional journey all that much of Mm -hmm. like, you know, reckoning with being in a time loop the way that those other characters do. Um, but that's because of exactly what you just said, Brendan. He's like a, just a, he's playing the game. Like it's not it's not an emotional, personal journey for him. It's just like don't like or you know don't die. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, and I uh, that's actually one of the things on this watch that um, him not really having that emotional journey that I noticed more and I didn't like as much um, mm-hmm. because there obviously is this kind of romance that develops between him and Rita. Uh, character played by Emily Blunt and she kisses him at the end of the movie but it's just kind of like they're I really like when they're working together and they have mm-hmm. such a good chemistry of like playing off of each other when they're in the battle and she's flying with the big sword and he's shooting with the he's shooting with the machine gun like that stuff works really well but then it just felt kind of like ham-fisted and then it's like okay well we have our male lead and our female lead so like of course they have to kiss at the end of the movie even though she spent much less she spent like two days with him whereas he spent yeah. years you know it's kind of Oh, I didn't even put this together. Her name's Rita, which is the name of uh of the lead in Groundhog Day. Oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is funny. So <laughs> connections. Th- yeah, you can do your uh you can do your Leo your oh, Leo man. pointing gif for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know, like it, it does kind of feel like it's a little bit ham fisted in there it, to the end at the end of the movie. Me, it didn't bother me as much in the ending of the movie as it did this time with the farmhouse scene. Where mm-hmm. she, where they, you know, he suddenly is super in love with her and trying to save her life, and she's like, "All right, how many times have we had this scene in this farmhouse?" And he's like, "I've tried everything, everything I do. You never make it past the helicopter." And it's like, "All right, but dude, that you, you have never for a second this movie up to this point." tried to do this yourself moving forward that we've seen that we've seen so we have no reason i mean it just it it didn't really work for me as well as i think it probably did the first time i saw it or as i wanted it to with that scene in the farmhouse because it's like yeah but if you know you can get further or you haven't tried to get further i mean no offense to emily blunt love her to death but let her die (laughs) in the farmhouse and keep going and try to complete the mission yeah yeah um, you know. I can understand him falling for her only because he's right. been, you know, this has been like we talked about with Groundhog Day, right? That it was like 10,000 years or whatever that he was right. stuck in the loop. We don't know. I mean, he's been in this loop for a long time because he's mastered so many of these things and died so many times. But, you know, the only person he has over all of this time that he's been in there that he can connect with at all is Rita's character. Mm-hmm. Uh but I just think, like, by the end of the movie, she spent two days with him, this version of Rita. So I don't, I mean, I guess because he's Le- Tom less, Cruise. actually, because it's half a day, because it's the night before just the England there, invasion. Yeah. So it's just that day. Oh, yeah. So it's even, so it's it's even shorter. So it's not even two days. It's less. It's like 12 hours. 
Yeah. yeah. Taylor, did you have no. trouble with the like time of like when stuff was taking place, like before he would die? Because that was something I struggled a lot with on this. Um, like, what, what do you mean? Well, like, okay, so he wakes up on day one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, that first day, which always starts with him getting kicked and woken up yeah. by this by the drill sergeant. Uh, and does all of this take place in that day? Because I think that when they storm the beach, that's the next morning. It is the next morning, yes. When they storm but, the beach is the next morning, and at the same time they storm the beach and the things are attacking the beach, the other swarm of things are attacking London. So it's happening at the same that's time. Right. Okay, see, so yeah, that's where I wasn't and sure so what Because he doesn't when. go to the beach and goes to London, uh, that's, he's there to experience that. Yeah, I didn't realize beach. that. So when yes. he goes to the pub in London yeah. and gets the beer, that's happening at the same time as the attack on the beach? Correct, yes. And when is everything happening in the Louvre? That happens at the end of the movie. The night before. The night before. So that happens Yes, be- the night before, because he says when he recruits um, the, what is it, Unit J, Unit K? Yeah, J, yeah, J, J squad. J squad, yeah. Yeah, when he report, rec- recruits J squad, he says... Here's how I'm going to convince you to do this, because if we go to the beach tomorrow morning, all of us are going to die. So we have to do this thing tonight. Uh, yeah, okay. Mm. And that's why. And that's why instead it resets him at start of that day. At the very end, after he kills the Omega. It starts because, with the at the, the start of the that morning. So that's just earlier in the day when we're correct, seeing earlier him. when he lands before he gets at the very end of the movie. To his to die the very first time. Yeah, you know? I think this would all be a because like, this movie is called Edge of Tomorrow. So this would be a whole lot less confusing if they storm the beach the same day as everything else. But the fact yeah. that the beach storming is the next day, and then all the right. stuff with them going to the going to the farmhouse it's, is all the next day, and the movie is called Edge of Tomorrow. It should be called Edge of Two Days from Now. I think it's because he's trying to forget everything that's going to happen tomorrow, which is the beach storming. storming. Well, something that's different from this movie versus the other time when movies is, like, if he doesn't die, it doesn't reset, right? It's like, well, we never really explored, like, if he just went to bed, right, mm-hmm. what would happen? Right. Yeah, and I do think that there's some where he continues on and doesn't get yeah. killed. Although, although I don't know how much, because I think that well, the attack on London kind of is like the apocalypse, basically. Right, because we did learn when he did try to do the do-nothing thing and went to the pub... He still died because things attacked London at the same time. So uh, it's. But what if he went to like Prague, America, else. where apparently yeah, there yeah. are no aliens? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we did see. Was it Wolf Blitzer that we see at the beginning? We do see some CNN people at the beginning of this movie. Right. I noticed. I think I heard Anderson Cooper's voice as well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on the lookout for Andy Coops. Um, but uh, I did notice too that this movie is written by Christopher McQuarrie, who's written yes. and directed mm-hmm. a whole bunch of the Mission Impossible movies, including yep. ones with Wolf, both Wolf Blitzer and Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. So. He he loves his news anchors, news anchor cameos. He's great. I mean, he's he he makes sure. the best. He's made the best Mission Impossible movies. He wrote mm-hmm. this. Uh, he didn't direct this, but he wrote it. And um, other than the the like not knowing what day things was going on and what you explained, Brendan, actually makes a lot of sense. I just think it wasn't quite explicit enough. Right. To, Fair enough. If you're trying like it is if you're just casually watching this movie. But I think if you're watching it and trying to like take notes and be like, OK, what happened when it's a little hard to track? Yeah. Uh, the way I had thought about it was once he figured out how to like escape from the boot camp thing and he like rolled under the truck. 
Like, mm-hmm. he was basically able to do whatever he wanted for the rest of the day. Like, that got him out of the loop of going to storm the beach so yep. then he could just ooh, yeah. do whatever. But then they still do, st- like, once him and Rita are, you know, kind of all trained up, like, once he has his abilities, yeah. like, just like in a video game, right, where you have to you have to build up your, mm-hmm. your skill set. Once he's built that up, then they do go to the beach and storm it. And that, I think, I thought the first the first beach storming was kind of boring. Um, Mm -hmm. It just was like generic action. But when they're, when they're really performing and they're kind of tag teaming all of the, uh, all of the mimics and they're saving people. I thought that was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I also really, really love the training scene in the training room. Um, That's, that's probably my favorite quote unquote bit, like loop bit in the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt have this weird, like, antagonistic chemistry in those scenes where she's just, like, frustrated as hell by this guy because she doesn't know what his deal is. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to help him, but he's hapless. And I, mm-hmm. I like, he keeps breaking his back or breaking his legs or, you know, getting getting the shit knocked out of him. And, she you know, she has to kill him several times. <laughs> and it, yeah. it's really, I, I found that all really, really fun and... Um, very unique. Like, I mean, you don't even see, you get the weirdo montages in these time loop movies where people run around and act crazy and do whatever they want because they know the day is going to reset. And -hmm. instead of that sort of montage, we got this. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing that this movie does that, um, you know, the the thing with with time loop movies, and, you know, that's our third time loop movie now that we're talking Mm -hmm. about is it can often feel very repetitive because it is repetitive. Yeah. And, um, you know, there were some parts in this where it was repetitive. I think of the three that we watched, I think happy death day felt the most repetitive, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of things going on, um, out of these three. But what they do in this is a lot of times you'll watch a scene and it either is the first time it's happened or it feels like the first time it's happened. But then you realize as the scene continues on that, Oh, actually, um, you know, Cage knows, you know, turn here, you know, step back, go into this room, like avoid this guy, you know, look, look down. But the way that it's filmed is it's almost like a combination of each different iteration of this time loop mm. happening. Yeah. And you're seeing them both discover things for the first time, but him be an expert as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's almost like a spy or espionage type of movie in that way as well, where he's slowly becoming the expert and teaching her instead like how to move about in this world right but in the beginning of the movie it's the opposite where he doesn't know how mm. to fire the gun and she exactly. has to train him on everything so the first the first half of the movie is he's uh she's training him the second half of the movie he's training her yeah i like kind of the subtle things that would happen that would that you'd have to be like oh man like they must have done this hundreds of times mm. like that like you're like oh mm. like and i noticed him on, like when he had to um convince like the j squad and stuff that he knew what he was talking about it's like for him to like have collected all those little pieces of information Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. them and like how many times he must have done all that so yeah he doesn't seem like beleaguered though he seems like he's ready every day he's really trying yeah he never runs out of energy which like bill in groundhog day especially early on just kind of gives up right we see him where he becomes he's just like i'm at the end of my rope i'm suicidal and then by the end of the movie he's also you know become this expert pianist and you know he Mm -hmm. knows where everything is when he's at the um you know the big party at the end of the movie and and same thing at the end of happy death day um but it 
in this one, yeah, we never we never really see him besides the morning when he goes to the pub and he's very quickly convinced like, oh, he needs to be on this track. Uh, mm. He doesn't seem to ever get off track at all. Right. Yeah, and I, I really liked um, all of the subtle stuff like that. Like, I mean, the yeah, like to, to Taylor's point, like you have to imagine the amount of time it took for him to spend multiple loops getting to know each one of the J-Squad members to find out like the little things about them. like Just for the them to that, go off and die yeah, the next so, morning. Mm-hmm. And it's like so sad. And then it's so gratifying at the end when he's able to like go back the next day because they never went to the beach and see uh, them no that's all. the morning like of the beach right but they never went is what but they're yeah they don't they're actually, i think they're go. getting ready to go i think no, they, they never have to go because the aliens they never dead. have to go because the war is over i think they still go from the news because they said that the other countries were gonna like that china and russia were gonna attack like the weekend aliens or the weekend mim- mimics um so I believe that this is like them still training and they are still going to go, but, but they're going to they're gonna win. They're not going to yeah. die. OK, right. see, I, I took it differently, like that they weren't going to go at all. OK, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, what do you think about the uh, that it's in his blood that, you know, both that Rita has gone through this before um, and it was in her blood and she got a blood transfusion and lost the, the ability. And uh, and then Cage uh you do, private cage gets the or i guess he's not private what is he uh major gauge major gauge major major cage uh he gets the ability through his blood until he gets the blood transfusion do you like that there's like a scientific explanation for this ability as opposed to it just kind of happening in groundhog day and um i think there might have been a scientific explanation in happy death day but i'm blanking if there was i don't remember but um <laughs> it's i yeah i don't it doesn't necessarily make sense, but it's a good uh, thing to uh, explain away why she doesn't have it anymore, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does kind of make a- them, it, it, it gives them a chance to connect because she's mm-hmm. like, she has that empathy that she, or like shared experience that she's, she also lived all these years uh, learning this. And mm-hmm. that's how she yeah. became this like amazing, uh, you know, amazing warrior to, to lead the, lead these troops. So yeah. I do like that aspect of it, um, and it allows for him to lose the power as well. Here's, here's the problem with that being the premise, though, that it's in the blood, is that if it happened when they killed an alpha and got the alpha's blood over them when they died, there's no way in hell that there aren't hundreds or thousands of other soldiers that have had this happen to them. Mm. I was thinking that, too. Like, so, I, like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> I mean, there's no way that this is unique. You would think that somebody else also would have had this happen to them and started to figure this out. Like, it's really odd that it's just Tom Cruise. If this is going to be your scientific explanation, then it needs to be singular. It can't be something that would have happened to a thousand other troops if the number of aliens are that many. You know what I mean? Do like you it's, think it's? Do you think that this is going to be the plot of uh, "Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat"? I don't know that there um, were more people who have this ability, and we're going through this as, at the same time. Kind of don't hope so. <laughs> I kind of hope. <laughs> I, 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 I hope it's something different, but 
I love this movie, and um, I, do. I am not really looking forward to the sequel. I mean, maybe yeah. it'll be good, but I just, I don't, I just don't know how they do a sequel. It's it so unnecessary. Like I, I, you know, I don't mean to have like the most basic take on sequels ever, but I'm like, this movie came out seven years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's not. I don't think people are clamoring for it. Yeah, and um, it's, it doesn't even have a release year. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe and, and uh, cast wise, it's only listing Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. So who right. knows if it'll actually happen or not. But it is it has been rumored for a while. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, this was this feels like this is a newer movie. It's not. This is seven years old. Yeah. And know. I mean, I like I love both of these actors. Just let's let's focus on other stuff, guys. It's cool. Um, you know, and they're both already so focused on their own sequel IP anyway. I mean, you know, we'll talk, we might talk about some of these later, but I mean, they both have their own movie franchises uh one involving spies and espionage and one involving um aliens that they're heavily involved in so mm-hmm. uh well here's an article from may 2021 and it says why mm-hmm. edge of tomorrow 2 might not happen anymore oh yeah <laughs> so uh, aliens destroy covid the, so the sequel was in, in, initially announced in spring of 2016 but five years later there's still no sign of this movie happening mm-hmm. okay that, so fair enough fair um, enough and she said, honestly, I think the movie's too expensive. That's what oh, I mean. wow. There's a longer quote, but that's what she said. Uh, I don't think the movie being expensive is going to be the reason. No, why it's I, it made. shouldn't. No. The movie would make money. Because I think this movie has just gotten be- like more and more popular as more people discovered it and said, oh, wow, it, this, this movie is actually really good. Yeah, it's not yeah, just like yeah. a... Like yeah. a crack, because this was there's another movie that this links a lot to, which is not going to come up with my connections, but it's the movie Oblivion, mm-hmm. yep. which is it came out right around the same time. It's a Tom Cruise led movie where it takes place after the apocalypse and he flies a helicopter and, and it looks a lot like this movie. And that is based on a video game. And that is based on a video game. So it's like, come on. And that movie was not good. Right. <laughs> um, and- so I feel like when this movie came out, I think everybody. Just like, oh, this just looks like another like generic. And Tom Cruise had made uh, the Mummy right around this time right. as well. Like he had, he was making some really also not like Chris McQuarrie, yeah. And there's oh, Chris McQuarrie made the, that version of the Mummy. Yeah, there's also oh. the Matt Damon sci-fi soldier in a battle suit trying to save, be the only person that could save the world. Movie that came out oh, around this time too, Elysium. So yeah. there were a lot of movies like this coming out around this time. Okay, the mummy was 2017. So the mummy was after this. So uh, yeah. maybe she meant like it will be too expensive because we could make more money doing other stuff. Yeah, like, uh, it, I don't think Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are, uh, you know, scrapping for cash here. I yeah. think they're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, oh, ironically, he's he's Jack Ryan. So. That's true. Oh, wait, Why Tom is that Chris ironic? Is Jack Ryan, so no, I did, I'm I thinking like, of Jack Reacher. Oh um, yes, he's Jack Reacher. I, I have, I yes. have that problem all the time. I yeah. never know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Taylor, have you seen A Quiet Place? Speaking of similar movies starring Emily Blunt, and I probably am stepping all over people's suggestions. But... Yeah, don't you know. No, I haven't. Okay. Um, it's The Quiet Place is very scary. Very. And, uh, the first one was an amazing theater experience. Mm. So, um, second one was good. And the second one, actually, I just saw um, when I was going to watch Big Brother on Paramount Plus. Second one is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Yeah. So, very quickly, it went to streaming. Um, yeah, uh, and just to correct myself, uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, 2017 for the uh, Mummy movie, but 20, 2013 for Oblivion. So Oblivion was a year before this. So I, I would imagine at least my own thinking when I saw the trailer for this was, I was like, oh yeah, Oblivion was supposed to be bad. Why would I want to see uh, Live, Die, Repeat? But or Edge of Tomorrow? But glad I saw it. 
So we haven't really hit on the supporting cast much in this. Um, as far as uh, Bill Paxton, uh, Noah Taylor, Brendan Gleeson, um, playing the general, the sergeant, and the doctor, respectively. Um, I think they all. I think they're all really fun um, background. Hey, it's that guy actors. So it was really mm-hmm. nice to see all of them. Um, did you have a favorite of those three, Taylor? I like Bill Paxton. He was like unrecognizable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was like uh, my sort of ignorance, but like, uh, no, my husband had to say like, oh yeah, that like he he was like, oh, was this Bill Paxton's last movie? Which I don't think it was, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I just like looked. Him. He died in 2017, um, and it looks yeah. like sadly his last movie was The Circle with Tom oh, Hanks. <laughs> That stuff happens all the time. I feel so bad. Yeah, right. (laughs) Raul Julia's last movie was Street Fighter. So, hey, that's a that's a that's a classic. (laughs) For him. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Bill Paxton, of course, was in Aliens. He was in the first Mm -hmm. Terminator movie. He's in Apollo 13, True Lies, like Twister. So he was in a whole bunch of uh, great action movies, which might come up later in the in the podcast. Um, Yeah, Yeah. True Lies. He also has like the sleazy mustache that he has in this one. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, I, I liked him. I also just liked the the J Squad guys. Like, I can't mm-hmm. say which one in particular I liked, um, but they were. You know, we've had a couple of movies now. Uh, you know, as we've been doing uh, Military Month, which has become Military Two Months, basically. Um, but I'm thinking back to like the you know the the other guys in the Troop and Stripes or in yeah. uh, in Mash as well and Private, uh, Private Benjamin, Private and, Benjamin. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, for sure. we've had like you know, we're talking about connections, like there's, you know, that, that training scene and the, yeah. you know, the different characters, the kind of like chubbier version who's like, there's the John Candy character in Stripes, right. like he's represented or, in this movie too. Or so. your Sam Richardson in Tomorrow War, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, Oh yeah. So, and then uh, the whole, you know, I mean, not to step all over connections to let movies from this year, but the whole having to recruit the troops that don't really like you, to do a secret covert mission with you to quote unquote save the world at the end of the movie. I mean, that connects to everything that we've talked about with military movies so far, except for MASH. I mean, and in MASH, for, they play a football game. Instead. And except so, for uh, Stargate as well, which really oh, right, does not true. fit in our military yeah. month. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, so this is movie 28 this year and uh, military month goes all the way back to movie 22, which was last mm-hmm. of the Mohicans. Wow. <laughs> last of the Mohicans, MASH, Stripes, Private Benjamin, Stargate, The Tomorrow War. Uh, edge of tomorrow and then we'll see maybe we're doing another military movie next week it could be a long military yeah this has been a long summer of long summer of the troops um i'm just looking to see if i have anything else that i wanted to make sure we hit on before we get into the feedback and connections taylor is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we uh discuss um no here's one thing i didn't understand the middle name thing rita's oh yeah yeah, I, I don't get that. So he says the to her first, in the car yeah. that her middle name is. I had to go back and rewind it. He says your middle name is Peyton. Yeah, she says it's not. And then when she dies, she says her middle name is Rose. Yeah, she get... lied the first time because she didn't trust him. So this right. is just I, making progress. It's just showing him making it's progress. progress. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's showing kind of her making progress, even though it's kind of doesn't mean anything because she resets. But it's mm-hmm. like. Oh, like she lied 
And she, like, is kind of being reminded that she lied in a yeah. funny way of, like, oh, like, I must not trust you because I lied to you. Peyton mm-hmm. is, like, an insane fake male name to land on. So that's why I was like, oh, like, why would you lie and say that? Um, but it, yeah, I think that it's supposed to be, like, a signal. Someone like want a big Peyton Manning fan? Maybe yeah. the I was trying to think if there's, like, a character yeah. named Peyton. And the only one I could think of is the One Tree Hill character, Peyton. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's the reference. Um <laughs> Of course, Rose is a reference to the other Bill Paxton movie, Titanic, I'm sure. Right. Um, right. Yeah. There you go. Um, um, I will say that, like, it was, like, it, uh, yeah, like, of course, they were going to fall in love. And, like, it, as like I think you made a good point that, like, oh, like, he fell in love with her because she's the only other person that he could connect with. But it's, like, she's also the only other, like, babe around, which is yeah. how I kind of saw it of, like, well... <laughs> I get like of course he was gonna fall in love with her. She was <laughs> there, and, and he's like, and he's Tom Cruise, which despite right. his height, he's yeah. still yeah. he's still Tom Cruise. Um, yeah, the- I do really like the 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 um patented Tom Cruise smirk smile at the end when he walks mm-hmm. in to the training room. <laughs> I, I had forgotten that that was the last shot of the movie, and I actually really like that. Okay, so I hate that actually. Um, I hate the end of this movie. <laughs> Um, but I did want to say when you're talking about her being like a total babe, the uh, yoga pose, I, I don't know what she's yeah. is, that, is that Cobra that she's doing where the she's like arching her back? Um, that's like an iconic shot from this movie. Right. Um, and it's I, it's like a little like I think they kind of make fun of it in Black Widow, like this kind of like gratuitous like posing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is like it's just like she looks like, like she's like all jacked and just looks like such a badass in, in that shot. So I really like that. It's, shot. The, it's the Tomb Raider poser thing yeah yeah or it like reminds me of what's the movie with um is it jennifer lopez where entrapment um where she has to like oh, go um, under the lasers I can't remember oh yeah, yeah, yeah i think it is entrapment um yeah, it reminds yeah. me of that um that's right yeah uh but the ending so i hate the ending because he works so hard uh you know they they make all this progress they fall in love she sacrifices himself for or herself for him and then the end of the movie she's just like do i have something on my face what are you looking at and then she's like back to square one, and he has all this knowledge, and they're just on such unequal, uneven levels at this point. Ooh, that gave me a. Uh, I'm, I have a, a, a recommendation. <laughs> oh, always good when that happens in this. It's always good yeah. when, when discussion spurs somebody to come up with a Yeah. Um, yeah. I think but I would have liked it better if they, neither of them had knowledge. Like if they bo- both of their brains reset and they didn't know what yeah. they'd been through before, but they still kind of meet up. It's kind of like. Uh, the end of sliding doors where they meet up and they don't know, they don't know the shared history that they have, but you know, that there's like a, there's like a fate, there's a chemistry between them that will grow to something. I would have preferred that. Um, And the other thing I was going to talk, we talked a lot about timelines last week, Brendan, with uh, Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Um, Do you think each reset is a branch timeline? Not for this, just because we don't have any indication of that because we don't um because nobody else is experiencing what he's experiencing mm-hmm. so that i we know of that we know of which is kind of dumb as we talked about but fine we'll accept the movie on its terms and go with that but no because i think it's a specific side effect of his because every time it's like if he if it was branched then every time he went back and changed his moves to based on his knowledge of how to play the game, then it would have created a new game. And I don't think we had any indication of that 
unless that was going to be the sequel. What, Taylor, do you even know what, what a do you know what a branch timeline is? I know you're not watching. It would, it like no, but I it would create a new timeline where he did something different. Yeah, and so the t- time where where he didn't do that thing continues on, and the time but where what he happens did to all those people branches off. Well, what did happened? the sorry, did the aliens know that he was like the big, were they reacting in to his new I knowledge? Don't think so, but they knew okay. what was going to happen the next day. Right. They had future knowledge, but I don't think that they knew that he was doing this. They were just trying to kill. I, Thought they did know because they put the false image in his head of where the Omega was going to be. True. Um, so they they like knew that somebody was tapped into the Looper network or whatever we want to call it. And the only workaround was when he shoved the thing into his leg and he was able correct. to see that they were in the loop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So that's yeah, I just don't. What I what I don't get, and this is the same problem we had with Tomorrow War, is this like yeah. timeline wackiness. So you know. Every, there's millions of other people in this world, and when uh, when Cage dies and everything resets, all of those people just get kind of brought back to where where they were a day right. before. It's uh, yeah. Well, it, it's. Cr- I had a lot of like thoughts when she was like, "Oh, I used to be in a time loop, and then I stopped, and then it was like, and weren't you happy?" happy like i just like i feel like in these other movies like they're so happy to get out of the time loop like the goal is to get out of the time loop and here Mm -hmm. it's like that's the goal but also they need to accomplish all this other stuff so it it, it, but that did confuse me i'm like okay how would i feel if i used to be in a time loop but i'm not anymore and now time is progressing normally like Right, which is one way that they're connected to each other at the end of this mm-hmm. movie. If they both were in time loops, and although we, I guess we don't know if he's. I mean, he's restarted the day two days before at the end of this movie. Right. We don't know that he's not just going to keep every time he dies going back to that spawn point again, and, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we find that out in the sequel. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't want to spoil um, a movie that we mentioned earlier in Palm Springs, but there's. I think Palm Springs handles that in a very unique way with a couple of different characters Mm -hmm. who are and are not in the loop and how they experience it when they're in and out of the loop um, that I, that I thought was like really unique and interesting. Yeah. I think Palm Springs and Groundhog Day are the two movies that do the best with like the psychology of being in a time loop. Whereas this, everybody's just sort of mission focused Uh, and Mm -hmm. same with, same with Happy Death Day. She's just kind of like mission focused. Yeah, um, and even Groundhog Day, he is. I think I really think Palm Springs is like the one that that just deals with like like the philosophy and psychology. Just it's very smart the way it deals with it. Yeah, and, uh, I think so. I uh, that is still my number one movie from last year on my list. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. All right. Uh, anything else before we get into feedback? No, not for me. All right. Let's talk about feedback and ratings from our listeners. Of course. Once we pick our movie for next week, send that in the movie ladder at gmail.com at ladder movie. Start with Jeff. I wound up liking this movie a lot more than I thought I would. I really like the way that they did the time loops. They didn't keep going back to the well of the same thing too many times. But it was just the right amount of replays. Uh, her killing him over and over was some good comedic relief and in other ways, pretty intense movie. I mean, the time loop worked. The action was solid. I think Tom Cruise was really good. His portrayal of a frightened media relations guy thrust into battle was spot on. You could feel his angst. I get a 4.0. So, uh, 
fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely we didn't touch on this, but you know, he is just he's not a soldier. He's a, he's an officer, but he's never served in battle at the beginning of this movie. And uh, I agree with what Jeff is saying that like you can feel at the beginning of the movie when the when they're going to drop out of the plane for the first time, it's like he's on a roller coaster he doesn't want to be on. And I really love the way that Tom Cruise delivers that line. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. it, it, it's great. And I, I think it's. I also like in when they're going through again and again the beach drop thing and how he tries to change little things at first instead of big things. Like mm-hmm. he tries to drop a little earlier and see if that changes anything, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then he mm-hmm. tries to like drop later, and it doesn't work. And then he tries to like warn them. And it doesn't work. And then he, yeah, it's, I thought that was all really good. Yeah. Um, I I also like that by the end of the movie, when the J squad is going to drop in France, he's Mm -hmm. the one, you know, he's taking on the Bill Paxton role where now he's the one saying drop, drop, drop. He's yelling at everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's some good way to show his growth. So uh, 4.0 from Jeff. Awesome. Uh, Owen says, firstly, impressed by how Spain managed to keep those aliens at bay. Looking at that opening map. Mm-hmm. As, as for the film, competent, not overlong, some nice cuts, no great chemistry really, and I think generally I prefer my high concept day repeating films to be focused more around flimsy occasions such as a girlfriend's friend's wedding or a little cute animal announcing it will be winter or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, rating 2.5. Um, yeah, I think we were starting to hit on that a little bit um, before we got to listener feedback that the tone of this is like definitely different in the way it approaches the the repetitiveness and the loop um as opposed to the the comedies of Palm Springs or Groundhog Day. Um yeah. yeah fair fair yeah. points, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, what do you? What's your what's your preference, Taylor, between all of these different uh, time? Yeah, movies? definitely the more fun ones for sure. Probably Palm Springs, mm-hmm. number one, Groundhog Day. And then, like, well, how I think of, uh, like, Groundhog Day is the template. Like, so Mm -hmm. it's hard to, like, if you're, like, we're going to do Groundhog Day, but an action movie, like, I'll like it a little less. If you're going to do Groundhog Day, but a horror movie, I'll like it a little less. Like, Mm so you can't really turn it into something, like, totally innovative. But I think if you, if you walk into the room and you pitch Ground Day as an, Groundhog Day as an action movie. Like, this is pretty much it. They yeah. they did it. That's the elevator pitch. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, Groundhog Day is the first. I actually just looked up the Wikipedia for time loop movies, and there's a couple from the 80s that I've never heard of. Uh, mm-hmm. One is called The Girl Who Left Who Left Through Time, uh, Mirror for a Hero. There's a movie called 1201 that came out in 1993, and it says mm-hmm. office worker Barry Thomas is forced to relive the worst day of his life. Uh, and then Groundhog Day, of course, is uh, mm-hmm. 1993. But I don't know exactly if these are the same types of ground of like Groundhog Day time loop movies. Um, there also is a movie that came out this year uh, on Netflix called Boss Level. That's pretty mm-hmm. similar. It's it's similar to to Edge of Tomorrow, where it's um, basically he's just basically living a video game over and over again. Interesting. So yeah, um, and I think there were a couple like teen movies that fell into this category that mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last time. That was a very like popular trope uh, mm-hmm. for for a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of like when Die Hard came out, then it was like you know Speed was Die Hard on a bus, and you know and Die Hard on a boat. Yeah, you know Air Force One was Die Hard on a plane, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so. 
Um, yeah, Olin, uh, really, really clued into the details at the beginning of the last two movies between this one and then the opening of the World Cup game in uh, in Tomorrow War. So I'm sure. I look forward to Olin's uh, first five minute analysis of whatever the next movie is. <laughs> next week. All right. Uh, Stefan Johnson. Weirdly, a movie that repeats over and over is one of my favorites to rewatch over and over. But this is such a fun movie. I remember not watching it until I had already been out for a few years. Figured it was just another Tom Cruise action movie. And if you've seen one, you've seen them all. I'm hoping he's not talking about the Mission Impossibles, but otherwise, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was a dumb thought because his movies are always fun and he's always great in them. And The Edge of Tomorrow is his most fun film. Whoa. It's surprisingly mm-hmm. funny, mostly surrounding the idea that Cruise is a weak coward who kind of sucks at everything <laughs> when the movie starts. The use of the reef that never fails, uh, never feels overused. It actually helps the pace of the film. Mm-hmm. The supporting cast is all around great from Brendan Gleeson to Bill Paxson. How's Emily Blunt not headlined more action films? She's so great here. And the chemistry between Blunt and Cruz is amazing. Whether it's romantic, friendly, adversarial or mentoring, their scenes together are the movie's best. I go on and on, but I just end up repeating myself. He says, P.S., the big guy is Sir Dantos from Game of Thrones. Yeah, our second Game of Thrones actor in Ooh. the film, actually. We mentioned Noah Taylor earlier. Uh, I didn't realize that that was Dantos. Interesting. Who is the big guy? Who's the uh, In the J-Squad. The guy that oh, okay. is naked in the suit. Yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Naked suit. He, he had a funny shirt that was like, mimic suck or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that that's like something you like would see propaganda. in Tomorrow like, That's the kind yeah. of humor you would see in Tomorrow War. All um, right. Yeah, you would see something. You would see like uh, uh, like Mike Mitchell wearing that shirt, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, five out of five from Stefan. He says he would go hi- higher if he can. Uh, you cannot. There are rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are rules. On, there are rules to the loop, Stefan. Sorry. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? All right. Next up, we have the great Jim Crumley. Jim says The Edge of Tomorrow is an average Tom Cruise movie, so he disagrees with Olin. Um, no, he like, disagrees with uh, or, uh, Stefan. With Stefan, I mean. Uh, I like the premise and the effects were solid and the action is okay. Rewatching it this time, the plotting felt a little bit off. They had some good ideas, but couldn't quite put it all together. Three and a half out of five, though, from Jim Crumley. Yeah. Um, I do think rewatching it, I like this movie a lot, but there were moments where watching it where I was a little bit bored, um, just especially in the first half of the movie, I feel like. Um I just I, I I do think there was something with with the plotting and the pacing for me as well. Interesting. Well, why don't you round us out with uh, right. Megan, uh, Megan, the librarian. Speaking of libraries reopening this week, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't occur to me to call myself a Tom Cruise fan because he reliably makes very decent, high concept sci fi movies, and also he's usually pretty good in them. So maybe I am a Tom Cruise fan. Three point five stars. Nice. So. Um, All right. I mean, Thank you, everybody. I, I feel like Tom Cruise, the person, is, I don't know, kind of weird. I don't, I don't know if he's Very done anything separate. super. Yeah, I don't know if he's done anything, like, terrible besides, like, whatever's going on with Scientology and him. Right. Um, but Tom Cruise, the action star, especially Mission Impossible-wise, is just, I mean, that, that I just really him. enjoy him as an action star. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, from starting from very early on with another movie we covered in Top Gun with, you know, I mean... It's it's like we've grown up with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Like, as a, as a this podcast star. or like, as us? Us, us on the podcast and us as human beings, mm-hmm. yeah. like watching his career from the yeah. 80s to now. 
What's the first movie you remember Tom Cruise uh, in? Taylor, you're the youngest of the three of um, us. I'm looking. I had his um, Jerry like Maguire. The, probably. the first time, yeah, the first time yeah. you were like uh, interested. I know who movies. that is. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Maguire for sure. All right, Brendan, what about you? Uh, probably Top Gun, yeah. I think I don't, I don't know if it's Jerry Maguire for me. Um, like scrolling through the movies. Oh, oh it's The Firm. I didn't see The uh, Firm, but I remember seeing The Firm poster everywhere. Yeah. So um, I knew Rain Man too. My mom really liked that movie, so that was like yeah. a VHS. I think we had. Um, the other one maybe is Cocktail. I feel like I knew of the concept of Cocktail and right. the song from Cocktail. Um, maybe that would be fun to do next week. Um, yeah, I felt Cocktail. No. That was a uh, the. Tom Cruise. Of course, I'm Tom Hanks over Tom Cruise. Uh, this is, in terms of, I think he's probably our most watched actor on this podcast so far, because yeah. we saw him in Tropic Thunder. We saw him in Top Gun, Collateral, Interview with a Vampire. Yep. Um, and uh, this movie. And yep. Edge of Tomorrow. I think that's it, right? So that's, what, four movies? Five movies? Five movies. Well, so far, uh, we have a 3.7 for the listeners for this Tom Cruise movie. Uh, Taylor, why don't you lead us off with your final rating? Um, I I think that as far as movies like this goes, it was uh, it was good. I still think you know it has all the things about action movies that I don't love, which is like long drawn out scenes. Oh, very dark. I'm like in this movie. I'm like, oh, I had to change my TV to movie mode because I was like, I can't see anybody's faces. You know, uh, stuff that uh, doesn't excite me, a pretty boring, uh, non, uh, non-academic non film person. So, But I, I don't have anything actively bad to say about the, uh, uh, this movie. So I'm going to give it, I'll give it a four. Nice. Um, Brendan, you want to go next? Well, if, if after all of that, Taylor is giving it a four, um, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I actually liked it more on this uh, repeat viewing than I remember liking it the first couple times I saw it. Um, it's I, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you called this movie a snack. I think it's mm-hmm. very snackable. Um, I think it's I think it's a four point five. I think it's like one of Tom Cruise's most rewatchable movies, and I think it's a one of the most original movies for its time. It's not dependent on franchisation or other IP for its development. It's got an original script. It's got unique, even if it doesn't all hang together, sci-fi and plot elements. Um, it's got a fantastic cast. Um, I, just, I think it really holds up well. It's going to be a 4.5 for me, Zach. Nice. Um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, I really liked this movie the first time I saw it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit this last viewing. Um, you know, the small gripes that I had aside, I, I wish the ending was a little bit different. Um, I wish that Rita had, we learned a little bit more about her. You know, when, when Taylor, when you were talking about that, you know, the Rita got out of the time loop, we don't really know, like, was she happy to be out of the time loop? Like, what, how did things change? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would have liked a little bit more there, although the movie was already two hours as it is. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, I don't know where they would have added that. Um, again, maybe that's what the sequel gets into. But I actually thought the chemistry was great between them. And, um, you know, especially the, the second half action scenes were good. So um, I'm like a 4.25. Um, so I'm going to say four. 
but it's close to a 4.5 for me. Um, nice. And that's going to give us an average of a 4.05, which will be a 4 4 letter box. Nice. I'm so glad that my, not bad. Yeah. That is our first four star movie or above since Brokeback Mountain. Wow. So, so uh, the people are not enjoying Military Month, is what we're people saying. People are not <laughs> enjoying Military Month. Um, second highest after Brokeback Mountain is uh, Private Stripes. Benjamin with a 3.3. Oh, Private Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so. All right, well, let's get into uh, some connections now from this week. We've talked about a lot of them, so I don't think we need mm-hmm. to take too long to talk about connections. But, um, Taylor, you haven't seen Tomorrow War yet, but do you have any no. any connections to Tomorrow War that you can think of? There's one that kind of stands out. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't. All right, well, uh, both movies have the word tomorrow. In the oh, yeah. I, I thought maybe you guys had already <laughs> talked about that. Uh, we might have. Um, yeah. I also think, like, I wrote down, too, like, both movies have bad titles. Um, yeah, like and, and my my the first connection I wrote down before I even started this movie was bad titles, including the word tomorrow. <laughs> um, and uh, we have aliens that have like a name. Um, Taylor in Tomorrow War, the aliens are called White Spikes, not White Stripes, White Spikes. Mm-hmm. And in this, they're called Mimics. Which name do you prefer? Um, both are silly. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I I get I think uh I guess white spikes is like scarier. Mimics, I don't even know if it really You didn't really mimic like, anything. Kind of, yeah, like did it like oh, theoretically yeah. mimic the Omega or something? Like was there more to it? Right. That also yeah. reminds me there was a nineties movie called Mimic that was an yep. alien horror movie. It's not on my list, but um <laughs> yeah, I did think the aliens in this looked like you could tell this came out right around when Game of Thrones was uh because yeah. like the aliens reminded me so much of the dragons from Game of Thrones, like the, the creature design. Really and, cool. and, yeah, I like yeah. the aliens. Yeah. Uh both movies opened with an attack. Mm-hmm. Um both movies have a tech solution. Um this one, the Operation Downfall, the jackets, and in Tomorrow War, the tech solution is time travel. And uh both movies we have soldiers sent to war with very little training and um, characters and then a secret mission a sacrifice secret mission at the end of the movie with a select group of people to save the world against what the superiors want them to do mm-hmm. so and uh both movies we have a male and female you know, both action stars teaming up together mm-hmm. to solve the mission um, in both movies we have that so um and anything else, Brennan, that you have for Tomorrow War? Uh, not specifically, just, I mean, there's there's a lot of connections, but I think we covered most of them. Yeah. I think in general, this movie and Tomorrow War are super similar just in the way yeah. that they reference other movies to just the overall plot. And, um, you know, I, I think Edge of Tomorrow obviously is a better movie than Tomorrow War, but um, Tomorrow War is funnier than Edge of Tomorrow. For sure. Uh, all right, what about other connections to other movies from this year that we haven't discussed already? Anything else? Um, not that we haven't discussed. I mean, we talked about all of the military connections with Nash and Stargate and Prev Benjamin and, uh, Stripes as far mm-hmm. as, like, the training and the secret missions and the, you know, recruitment and all of that stuff. Um, Damned United took place in London. This movie also took enough, place yeah. in London. Fair enough, yeah. English connection, yep. yeah. Um, um, and the other one that I have is just, uh, the presence of MPs in this movie, military mm-hmm. police, uh, in both this movie and... In Stripes and in Private Benjamin. So. Fair enough. 
Um, people falling in love, even though technically they've only spent a day together, would give you the relationship between Jack and Annie and Speed. Hey, oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uh, what was it like? Um, uh, whatever yeah. the line is at the end of that movie, where like you know, I've, like, heard, I've heard something about uh, relationships, relationships that are built on sex or net. net no, built on like built on like uh, traumatic events. Or oh, something like that, intense so. situations. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Intense. Situations. Yeah, that's what there it is. Intense situations. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Story also, I think, had a uh, relationship that happened very quickly. Good point. Yeah. All right. And uh, movie map to last year's movie. So what would you say? And Taylor, if you have one for this, too, that we did last year that you think is the closest connection to this movie. I'm going to look at your list. Um, so the ones that come to mind, obviously, Groundhog Day, Happy Duck Day were the yeah. first two, um, both time loop movies. But, um, you know, another one, if you wanted to do Tom Cruise in a military movie where he's not a soldier, uh, you could have Tropic Thunder as well. Um, and the other one that I wrote down is uh, the same cinematographer that did this it, uh, and Tom Cruise were both, uh, they worked together on Collateral as well. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely said Groundhog Day just because that, I mean, come on. More so than Happy Duck Day? <laughs> I think it connects more than Happy Duck Day does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, I agree. I think Groundhog Day is probably the right answer. Excellent. So had we done Saving Private Ryan last year, though, I do think the beach scene is like very much a homage to the opening of Saving Private Ryan. Oh, for sure. The D-Day yeah. attack. I did so. have that written down, actually, and we didn't mention it. Yeah. All right. But I didn't uh, put it as a connection. So with that, uh, that was a four that we got for our final. Uh, sorry, oh, what is our title connection, Brendan, between this movie and Tomorrow War? The Edge uh, of Tomorrow's War. Mm. All right. Done. That's good. The Edge of Tomorrow's <laughs> War. Uh, yep. I, you don't want to put bad titles with tomorrow in the in the, no, I do not. Bad titles because people will no, that, because that'll ruin the joke of the title. Just, yeah. Well, I think people. It's inferred it. or implied. Yeah, it's, it's implied true. in the title, <laughs> the yeah. edge of tomorrow's war. Uh, all right, so the edge of tomorrow's war is what we're putting, yep. right? Yep. Uh, how about we just put tomorrow's war? Because the title's already going to say the edge of tomorrow, so in parentheses, tomorrow's war that makes more because otherwise it's gonna be a repetitive title for people well i guess it's a repetitive movie it's a repetitive movie so all right tomorrow's war today what do you think should it just be in the parentheses tomorrow's war or the edge of tomorrow's war the edge of tomorrow the edge of tomorrow's war i think it should be tomorrow's war not make it repetitive that's that's the yeah because you're not repeating it's already repetitive with tomorrow war right True. so yeah. like it's i think that we're, the, we're talking about of... today today yeah all right um all right tomorrow's war is the title everybody who's listening to this already knows because it shows up as, and now the, we as can, the name and now we can connect this to space balls yeah so um, well maybe well let's see what we're going to be talking about next week because we're going to move on to our ladder rung segment we're going to talk about listener suggestions we're going to find out what we're going to be talking about and watching, not tomorrow, but next week. Um, we Will Military Month continue for the eighth straight week, or will <laughs> we be on to a different style of movie? We will find out. We have suggestions sent in from the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. We'll go through all of those and determine a final three and then figure out from the final three what we're watching next week. Once we pick our movie, email us, themovieladder at gmail.com. Tweet at us at LadderMovie. Let us know your thoughts on the movie, your score one to five and your connections for next week's movie, uh, which will be the movie that we're watching the week of the 20 July 21st. Amazingly. So 
Uh, all right. Uh, and I'm just going to say, Brendan, uh, before we even get started, I have 15 movies written down for suggestions. I'm not going to name them all, but I had 50, I had so many potential connections. Off. I think you get to go last then because I don't want you stealing Taylor and I's connection. Uh-huh. All right. That's fine. That, that works. All right. Well, let's start with listeners, though. And uh, start with Jeff. Jeff has three. The first one is Tenet. The connection there is time travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you did you watch Tenet yet, Taylor? No. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It, it'll hurt your brain. Uh, and that's what like yeah. I don't I don't have the energy. It's like Inception, right? Um, similar. So it's same. Yeah. It's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. So similar that. Uh, next one is a movie that came up last week. I believe it made the finals last week, and that's War of the yep. Worlds, Alien Battle, and Tom Cruise. And the next one is The Girl on the Train with Emily Blunt. Um, I believe there's some. I have some... seen that movie. I think I, I saw it, and I remember nothing about it. But I think there's some, the like, theater and I think it's kind of twisty. Oh, I like I it. Yeah. Did you read the book as well? No. Speaking of books, uh, Taylor, I'm reading uh, all the Harry Potter books right now. Oh, yeah? I've never read Potter? them. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know if you were a Potterhead. No. Um, no. Most people I know, you should tell uh, Alice and Martha. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm in book three now. It's like my biggest pop culture blind spot. So uh, Me too. I started, started and I have three. a lot. <laughs> so. I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I was looking for book to read. I couldn't decide. And I yeah. started book one. And here I am a couple weeks later. Although now I'm into the long book. So it's going to be now. Now I'm not going to be able to breeze through them as quickly. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, so if you're if you, I know Brendan spoiled that Brendan Gleeson is in the Harry Potter movies. I'm trying to be very unspoiled on the casting. But uh, Brendan <laughs> Gleeson. come up on this podcast before. If, That's if amazing Harry, if you can do that. I, I, like, I just know a couple. I mean, I know like the, the kids, obviously, but I don't know like yeah. a lot of the other characters, like the adult characters. I don't know who plays them. So Yeah, it's a lot of like classic British actors, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if anybody yeah. sent in any Harry Potter movies because of Brendan Gleeson, I yeah. will promise you that All right. Moving on to Olin. Uh, he has Sunshine Cleaning from 2008. Emily Blunt mm-hmm. stars in a film where blood plays a pivotal role, co-stars Amy Adams. And Owen says it's the first film that he watched with both of them and ever saw, and he can never tell who is who, as he <laughs> thought Emily Blunt looked more like Amy Adams and vice versa. Um, funny. I don't confuse those two. I, I definitely have that happen to me a lot, but I don't. I feel like I probably confuse Emily Blunt with other people, but not not Amy Adams. I feel like they don't look yeah. similar. I, I always confuse Amy Adams and Rachel McAdams just because of their names. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. don't look alike though. But. But they don't she, look, she looks like uh, Kristen Wiig though, Amy Adams and uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig look alike. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, like famously. Yeah, I can see that. So, like, I'm gonna when, have to Google that after this movie. Yeah, this and I think it. when one of them hosted mm-hmm. SNL, like the other one came out, and yeah. Really? Ah, oh, interesting. Maybe not as much anymore, but when they were younger. Um, Anna Kendrick and. There's another actress that I'm not blanking on. They look a lot alike. Kira Knightley. No, not Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley and um, Natalie. Natalie Portman. Portman. Oh yeah, yeah. that's Wars why they play doubles of each other in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what else did Owen suggest? All right. Yes. Yeah, so now I'm really <laughs> bothered by who. Uh, this oh, could man, be my, a whole other podcast. My brain stopped working. All right. Yeah. Actor uh, Michael, connections. Michael Collins from 1996. Brendan Gleeson co-stars in a film where he rises high. He rises to a high rank in the army. And uh, then the last one, the general, not the Buster Keaton one. This is from 1998. Having played a general ledger tomorrow, Brendan Gleeson plays the titular Irish criminal nicknamed the general. Co-starring John Voight and his pencil, and directed by John Borman. 
So three connections through. fallen. Uh, Stefan always wants to stick in the time loop. Pick my favorite movie from last year. That is Palm Springs. Why not two five-star movies in a row? Plus there's a wedding scene and some military-like tactics. And the other one that he has, this is one that is one of my 15 movies on my list. Uh, it is a uh, time travel movie with, um, with Emily Blunt, and that is Looper. Um, I think I had that written down. It's a very yep. strong question. That was on my short list, of course. Yeah. Um, and finally, Interstellar is the third one mm-hmm. that he lists. That is a time travel-ish movie. Appreciate the ish there. All right, next uh, we have Jim Crumley, his latter rung. He is going to suggest another leader. Tom Cruise plays a character who starts as a selfish heel, and that is Magnolia. Paul Thomas Anderson. I have not seen. Ooh, Brendan right. Tom That's Cruise. a good movie. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that will give us a lot to talk about next week. Um, mm-hmm. Next, Megan the Librarian. The Young Victoria from 2009, another movie where Emily Blunt plays a woman who has a lot of symbolic meaning, and Megan says she loves this one. Next one, Oblivion, came up earlier. 2013, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise ba- battles aliens again, also flies a helicopter. And uh, then the third one, another movie that's on my list, Edge of... Uh, not Edge of Tomorrow, <laughs> we just watched uh, About Time from 2013. Brendan Gleeson is in Edge of Tomorrow. His son, Domin Hall Gleeson, is in this time travel movie. Yep, I have the exact same connection written down for About Time on my list. Um, I know T Dub is a big fan of about of about time. You know that, yeah. Yeah. So, is that yeah. with Rachel McAdams? Yeah. And yes. Okay. Okay. So. All right, uh, Taylor. What do you okay, got? you're not gonna pick any of mine. Well, you never know. No, don't set the bar. All right. Uh, we'll let you know if you pick any that we've already discussed. Okay. Um, my first one, uh, and I, based on the ending of. Edge of Tomorrow, kind of similar, also kind of time loop, but different, is Fifty First Dates. Um, then uh, I was thinking of this when you were talking about um, when you had said, oh, it would be more interesting if both of their minds were erased. Famously, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless ah, Mind, yes. one of my favorite movies. And then this one was more of a, a basic one, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I picked Edge of Seventeen with also Haley on my Steinfeld. list. Yeah. <laughs> Those were my three. Yeah, uh, I think Edge of Seventeen came out right around the same time as Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, so, that's funny. Yeah, I remember being like, "Wow, these two very similar titles, names." Uh, oh, and Anna Kendrick and Kate Mara are the two actresses that I think. Oh look yeah, so similar. they do. Like, I was yeah. yeah, it was Kate Mara. Glad, glad you kept working. If you were waiting it. for the payoff to that uh, brain, to that brain fart, there it is. All right. Uh, I have to take uh, my my list of fifteen is getting uh, whittled down slowly, uh, but not uh, not completely. All right, Brendan. All right. So I am going to do four, and I'm not going to mention my honorable mentions because I don't want to steal any of yours. Thank you. Um. So I am going to do two. Um. One of my one of my Tom Cruise blind spots was already mentioned, which was Magnolia. But I'm going to recommend two others. Um. Chris McQuarrie wrote. Jack Reacher. So Jack Reacher was on my list as a okay. Tom Cruise blind spot. And then I'm also going to recommend or suggest uh, Vanilla Sky. Ah, is that a blind spot for you? It is a blind spot for me. Ooh. So Vanilla Sky, All right. uh, Tom Cruise, blind spot. Um, Emily Blunt. Um, we talked about Quiet Place 2 as a possible connection last week. 
I'm going to put it back up for nomination again this week, especially now that it is streaming on Paramount Plus for free if you have that service. Mm-hmm. Um, the great Latina Starks reminded me of that fact on Twitter today. I reminded I said, you of that on this podcast like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, well, she reminded me. So. Yeah, she before, me before you got to me. Have you not seen and this? Then, is this why you're trying to push this movie so much? I mean, I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you so. haven't seen it yet. Okay. No, right. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. And then I'm only going to nominate one movie I've seen so far this um, or previously, and I want to do a um, Bill Paxton movie, mm-hmm. so I'm going to nominate Twister. Ah, nice. I had that on my list. Mm-hmm. So it's there we summer. Go. It's summer movie season. That's a good summer, summer movie, movie season. Bill Paxton is great. Yeah. So there. All right. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have eleven movies left on my list. Um, but I think I, I, I have some pretty clear uh, delineation. <laughs> so the first one is one that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, it's about war against aliens. It's supposed to be pretty satirical. I did not understand the satire when I was a kid. That's Starship Troopers. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised I didn't come up yet. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be a good it's one. It's come up the last several weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's come up. It's come up yeah. recently. Um, the next one, I'm going to go with an Emily Blunt movie that is about a very long romance um, that takes place over a number of years. It actually takes place in the city where I live. That is the five-year engagement. I, um, I, that's like all my familiarity with Ann Arbor comes from that movie. Like the sandwich yeah, I mean, shop. Very detailed. Yeah, that's a real place. It's a great place. Yeah. Um, it would be much different than anything we watched recently. But um, Brennan, have you seen Five Year Engagement? I haven't. I don't know what that is. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Marshall from well? Yeah, it's Marshall from uh, uh, Jason Segel. Oh, yeah, Jason, Jason Segel. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he plays the lead. Um, all right. So uh, another time travel movie. This is uh, with Ethan Hawke, but Noah Taylor also stars or is a co-starring role in this, which he was in uh, both Edge of Tomorrow. That is Predestination. It's come up Ooh. a couple times. And uh, let's see what is that I, I, Sarah Snook. Mm, I, I don't know. It might be. It, I I have not seen that movie, but I really want to. It sounds freaking nuts. Yeah, and it it came up on one of the post show recaps. Kevin Mahadeo brought it up, and I yeah. my brother told me about it back. last year. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is the movie with Sarah, with Sarah Snook, and it came out also in 2014 as well. Yeah. So. This is like, uh, 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 sorry, I know you guys, I'm over talking, but no, you're not. Uh, have you ever spent time on the subreddit that's like tip of my tongue? No, it's, that's my life. It's like, yeah, yeah you're, I'm trying to think of something. I can't think of what it is. Like it's Kamara. honestly like the best movie recommendation engine I've ever found because someone will be like, I'm thinking of this movie and I saw it and they like describe it in like the most compelling way ever. And they're like, what is it? And then someone will be like, oh, yeah, it's this movie. It used to be on TV or was on HBO a couple years ago or something. And that's how I heard about Predestination. So if you're ever like extremely bored and can't sleep, like it's a fun Reddit to or, scroll or feeding a baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I tip my tongue is something that I have all the time, especially when I'm podcasting. When I was like, Oh, what is that? Like, I'm like totally blanking on it. And it, it and, drives me nuts. The people on the subreddit are so good. If you had gone in and been like, Oh, like this actress reminds me of Anna Kendrick. Like someone in like three minutes probably would have responded and said Kmart. Like they really, really know that stuff. Yeah. Um, Reddit is interesting because if you go to Reddit and you just click on anything from any subreddit, even if you don't subscribe, like their email newsletter they send or the like digest that I get. Mm-hmm. Like I clicked on one link in like the Kirby Enthusiasm subreddit and I get a link to like the newest post on the Kirby Enthusiasm subreddit <laughs> every day where it sends it to me. I think you so. can probably unsubscribe from that. 
I, well, I kind of like it, actually. I actually learned, like, a lot of interesting news. Where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize, like, the new right. season's coming out this day. Or well, I did, because that's a pretty, pretty, pretty good podcast. But just as an example. Um, but it makes me never want to go to any embarrassing subreddits. So I'm like, okay, that definitely has to be an incognito mode if I'm going to anything embarrassing. Because I do not want to get emails about that. Um, all right. Anyway, so, so that was my third movie. Um, I'm going to go with one more. Um and should I go with the first word in the movie title or the last word in the movie title? Taylor, you get to pick. I would go with first because you already did. Tomorrow. Two you tomorrows, would, you yeah. would be you would be backtracking if you did. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do the edge. Ourselves. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go with the edge with Alec Baldwin and um, is it Sean Connery? Tony I think. Hopkins. Tony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Um, if you had said the, go with the last word, I was going to say Tomorrowland. Um, mm mm-hmm. So, uh, Brendan, what did you have for uh, any other also rants that you didn't mention? Uh, I had a few. I thought about uh, Tom Cruise in uniform, and obviously that made me think of a few good men. Um, uh, Magnolia I, and War of the Worlds were on my short list. Um, I love a few good men. I'll watch it anytime. But we don't. I born on the Fourth of July on my list for Tom Cruise in a uniform in military. Nice. Um, um, I had Devil Wears Prada, which I also still haven't seen. Um, Emily Blunt, The Adjustment Bureau. Um, that was pretty much it. For my list. I, yeah. I tried to keep it short. I had Minority Report also, because that came up last week. Um, yeah. And I'm surprised it didn't come up this week. Uh, I also worked on Calvary, which is a movie that's been on my watch list forever. Stars Brendan Gleeson, mm-hmm. uh, True Lies, Full Metal Jacket, Born on the Fourth of July, Tomorrowland. And then uh, the movie Downfall as well, because mm-hmm. they had an Operation Downfall in this. So um, in addition to Twister, Looper, About Time, and The Edge of Seventeen, which were also called out. Oh. All right. Lots of connections to go through. So uh, because we have a guest, we're only going to do one pick each. So uh, Brendan will read off all the movies that were suggested, and then uh, we will each pick one. It will be one that was not one we suggested, and then we'll somehow figure out a final three down to final one. All right. We have Tenet, War of the Worlds, Girl on the Train, Sunshine Cleaning, Michael Collins, The General, Palm Springs, Looper, Interstellar, Magnolia, The Young Victoria, Oblivion, About Time, 51st States, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Edge of Seventeen, Jack Reacher, Vanilla Sky, Quiet Place 2, Twister, Starship Troopers, The Five-Year Engagement, Predestination, The Edge. I'm on the edge. There is a lot of variety here and a lot of different ways to go. I'm excited about this list. A couple military movies, if we're going to stick with them. Uh, all right, so I get to go first, then Brendan, then Taylor. You get to go last uh, yeah. to pick. Um, and, yeah, lots of choices. Um, I told Jeff I really liked all of his suggestions. Um, but I have to go with About Time, because it was on my list. I've been wanting to see it. It's a good connection. Again, we're going, uh, you know, parent to their to their acting child. It's a time travel movie, but it's a different time travel movie. And uh, it's a rom-com, so maybe we get a fun guest for a rom-com. <laughs> Interesting, interesting, interesting. This is interesting. Um, is it interesting? It is very interesting. I'm going to keep repeating the word interesting while I try to decide what I want to they do. Let die repeat the word interesting. Um, let's see what we want to do. What's your I'm thought gonna... process? Talk us through, through your well, thought Well, see, process. I don't want to go with anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to, like, repeat thematically too close as far as um, as far as far other things go. I, mm-hmm. You know what? No, screw it. I, I have to pick Magnolia because I've still never seen it, and somebody else suggested it instead of me. Okay. So I have to pick Magnolia. 
Nice. Yeah. All right. And Taylor. And if you need us um, to repeat since you're not looking at the document. Uh, no, I'm good. I'll I'll go with Predestination because I have wanted to watch it for a long time. Not that I will be there, but yeah, I could watch along and then I'll have something to listen to next week. There you go. Um, and I don't think there are any Predestination podcasts that I've heard of. How did you yeah. hear about Predestination? Do you remember? On that, never heard on, on that Reddit. On, oh, like, you were just reading yeah. Tip of My Tongue and you saw Yeah, that. like I just couldn't sleep and I was like, this movie sounds awesome and it's been something I wanted to watch for a long time. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, all right. So our final three about time, Magnolia right, and Predestination. I'm pulling those up now to see what's streaming see what's where. Streaming where. Uh, one thing that we, I should have talked about when we were talking about Edge of Tomorrow, but in addition to the title marketing being so bad, the final mm. song that's in the credits, which is the opening song to this podcast, so everybody heard it. It's like that, like aggro, like mid two thousands rock. I don't. It's like one. It's like one Republic. I think like <laughs> it just what a terrible song to be in the in the. Uh, in the credits for this movie. It like, it doesn't fit at all. 2014, the, the... baby. Yeah, welcome to 2014. We were all listening to One Republic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's just, like, so... I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't hurt all. <laughs> the... All right, so About Time is on Netflix. Nice. Uh, Magnolia is Cinemax streaming, if you have Cinemax, or uh, you can get it from your local library. Predestination. Pluto TV with ads or rentable. So the only one that's streaming on a free service is about time. Um, and uh, predestination, of course, the connection is time travel, a cast connection, and the year connection as well. Uh, Magnolia. What's the connection to Magnolia, Brendan? Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Tom okay. Cruise, and that's basically it. Yeah. Um, there's some interesting there's stuff. There's probably more. There's a lot going on. I mean, I'm sure there's more. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a complex narrative. Yeah. Um, and about time, the connection is time travel and a long love story. Dom Holleason. Um, I, I could do any three of these. I, I don't really have. I mean, I, I'm leaning towards the one I picked, but I, any of the three of these would be interesting to me. Hmm. Anybody else have any any thoughts one way or the other? I am. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. I was going to say, you guys are the ones that have to watch it. I would say about time is a much easier watch than the other two. The Magnolia. Very yeah. true, very true. I just feel like we've been down the rom-com rabbit hole a lot on this podcast so far mm-hmm. this year. And I don't know that we necessarily need to go back there. So, I mean, my my vote is going to be for Magnolia, but I'll understand if you want to do about time. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Predestination is probably going to, most people are not going to have seen this movie, but Predestination yes. looks a little divisive. Uh, just for reference, my brother gave it four and a half stars. Um, so that tells me <laughs> if it's any yeah. good. Uh, I think Magnolia is probably the best movie out of the three. Yeah. Uh, Magnolia's long. Magnolia's over and three it's hours PTA. long. Um, there's a lot, there's a great cast, lots of ways to go, and you've never seen it, and I think that would be kind of fun. So. Um, and we haven't done a PTA movie. No, we didn't do any last year. I don't think we've ever done a PTA movie on this podcast. Mm. We've suggested there will be blood a couple of you times. You kept saying PTA, and I thought you were saying PSH, because he's also in it. Um, you're right. Yeah, we have not done any Paul Thomas Anderson movies yet on this podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the very first movies that I recommended was The Master, but that was just because I had never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, are you in for a long movie? Do you have a lot going I'm, on this I'm week? fine with a long movie. I mean, the all only right. thing I have is the Paul Crawl on Saturday, and uh, what better to recover from that with on Sunday than Magnolia? All right. Um, yeah, I mean, 
Listener-wise, looks like Megan Librarian's seen it. She's the only one who's logged in on. All right, yeah, let's do Magnolia. That's fine. Let's do Magnolia. Uh, you, are you good with that? Yeah, it's fine. All right, cool. Uh, it's been a while. I've been meaning to rewatch it. Uh, it's been a while. Right. Um, it is not streaming anywhere, so and it, you'll get your money's worth if you pay to run it, at least. Yeah, I mean, three uh, hours. Duckle up. Yeah, yeah so, you yeah. know, sit down on a Sunday morning or a Friday night or whatever, watch Magnolia, um, and we can talk about that. Uh, the one thing I will say about Predestination is it looks like there is a – uh, Jamie Gleason, that's in Predestination, ah. <laughs> who plays the character of Dirty Hippie. But that's <laughs> um, nice. All right. Um, well, Military Month is over, Redden. Military Month is over. Oh man. Unless there's well, a military, we don't know. maybe there's a military but, character in there. Uh, yeah, who knows? Um, one somebody could be a veteran. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise plays the heel right now as our connection, but we'll see what yep. our our main connection is next week. Um, all right. Well, uh. If you're looking at your podcast, you're probably seeing there's a lot of time left because Brennan and I are going to sit here and talk about Black Widow. But uh, first, we got to wrap up this portion of the podcast. So, Taylor, I don't know if we did this when you were on last time, but the way that we end this podcast is uh, we start with what's the best thing you've been watching. We end Mm. with uh, what are you planning to watch? Mm, This week, I have. um, It does not have to be this week. It could be between now and the next time you're on the podcast. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, um, I will finish watching I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, um, which I I like. Um, speaking season of two, or are you still in season, season two? One? Season two, no. I, season one I watched in a day, and this one I've been slowly making my way through. It's, um, it doesn't hit me the way it hits everybody else. I I don't know. I liked, I liked some sketches in season one, but I think it, like this humor is kind of dumb. It is dumb. Season one, I really liked. This season has not stuck with me as much, but I think I, I'll probably watch it a couple times and before I really uh, get it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, we've been on a big How I Met Your Mother rewatch that's kind of been going on for maybe the last four months or something. So we'll actually finish that up pretty soon and then we'll pick some other sitcom that we've already seen and make our way through that. So, yeah, kind of some mindless consumption here i've heard how and that your mother doesn't hold up as well as you want it to how, how do you feel like it's holding up for you um i well i it's a mixed bag because okay. because if you knowing how it ends makes it like sort of go down a little smoother mm. because i really hate the ending so i'm Fair just enough. like i know this is like the slow march towards the end but i will say there are parts of it that so it's almost like the parts that I used to think like were fine and didn't bother me, like bother me a lot more now. And then the parts that bothered me when it was originally on, like don't bother me as much anymore. So there's okay. always new things to find to not like about that show. Does it make you nostalgic for like a social life and going to the bar? Yeah, I think that's why I started watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I've never rewatched it. I remember when I first watched it, I uh, even at the time I was impressed with some of the stuff they did narratively because yeah. it was just like, you're used to kind of very straightforward, like from friends and things like that. Yeah. They, the way that they tell the story is interesting. So yeah, it's, it's the journey not the destination, right? Not the predestination yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But then sometimes you're like, well, these, some of these people aren't really that fun to watch depending yeah. on the day. So yeah, it's a mixed bag, but yeah. yeah. Any movies on your radar coming out this summer that you want to see or just um, coming out anytime? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. 
tomorrow. Like, I feel like movies have been so off my radar for so long, like, especially new movies. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, And this is, like, why I'm, like, so down on, like, sequels and stuff. I'm like, okay, like, I have to go watch eight Fast and Furious movies before I can go to the movies and see something. Like, that sucks. Well, if you ever do do that, I have a <laughs> podcast for you that uh, it's a non-spoiler perspective, and you can listen as you, as you watch along. Uh, they're worth well, it. They're great. You'll definitely have to let us know once you watch the Tomorrow War, uh, which stuff. I'll yeah. probably watch it yeah. by this weekend. So I, I mean, will, the thing is, you, I don't think you are in any uh, risk of getting spoiled on the Tomorrow War. I don't think anybody's talking about it anymore, yeah. <laughs> except maybe no. on Doughboy's episode. Yeah, maybe the Doughboy's subreddit, but besides yeah. that. Yeah. No, and sorry. Uh, well, if you I'm click very... that subreddit once, you're going to get email alerts yeah. for the rest of your life. So. I, I um, I, I just googled upcoming movies, and no, none of these exciting. <laughs> uh, West Side Story, maybe that'll be fun. But uh, and, and, uh, you can see In the Heights. That was pretty good. I did like In the Heights. We watched on, on TV, so that was good. They're on HBO. Yeah, it's um, not TV. Not TV. Mm. Um. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll bring so, you, we'll, we'll give you a reason to watch another movie sometime in the near future. And yes. Come back and, sounds uh, good. It's always I'll, good when it's like some movie that's just completely like, you know, Edge of Tomorrow is not a movie I ever would have been like, oh, that's like a Taylor Cotter movie. We should definitely call no, it. No, I appreciate or, you guys yeah, 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 reaching name, out but. for uh, reaching out for this one because I never would have watched it at all that's, otherwise. So that's the idea. Uh, Bren- Brennan, what about you? What are you going to watch this week? Uh, so I am excited about the Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner coming out to theaters this weekend. Um, lining up to go see that probably on Friday with our buddy Anthony um, and have a beer and try not to cry into it while we watch uh, Anthony Bourdain's mm-hmm. life story on screen. Um, other than that, um, what else? Uh, Loki finale is tomorrow morning, so planning on waking hours. up uh, yeah. just a few hours from now. So planning on waking up early to watch that before work. And then um, what else? There was something else. Oh, Space Jam comes out this weekend, so I'll probably check that out. Taylor, uh, Space oh, Jam. Oh yeah, too. I might. Yeah, I Space might. Jam too. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, you know, if it's, it's free on bad. HBO, might as well. It's I mean, be, I'm sure. It's not even going to be fun, bad. It's just going to be bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it next week with you. Best thing you watched last week. Uh, all right. <laughs> and for me, uh, No Sudden Move is on my list to watch. Uh, if Mac and I can get together and do this pa- Fast and Furious podcast, then I'm going to go see Fast 9 this weekend. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that happens. Um, and yeah, some other stuff. Loki finale. I'm excited for that tomorrow. So, And of course, we're going to be watching Magnolia sometime between... Uh, now and next week, we'll be back with another podcast. Talk all about Magnolia um, and everything Brendan thinks on his first watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor, where can people uh, you want people to keep up with you? Where, your uh, theater or anything like that? Uh, my theater is kismetimprov.com. If anyone's in Pawtucket, Rhode Island at any point. Um, and uh, my Twitter is Taylor Cotter. Nice. nice. You even changed your, you've kept the, the Twitter name the same. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I kept everything. I, well, yeah, I wasn't gonna. You don't want to lose those followers. No way. Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, All right. And Brendan? Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Fitzy Brendan, on Letterboxd at Fitzy Brendan. Um, Email the uh, podcast with all your feedback and ratings. Don't forget to subscribe. TheMovieLadder at gmail.com. Yeah, MovieLadder at gmail.com, where I can put it all in the feedback doc for you. Um, you know, and don't forget to uh, leave, leave us a – let me start that over. Don't forget to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can get 
a little more visibility out there uh, now that we're getting in a groove with these podcasts lately, I think. Yeah, we're we've been we're we're eighty episodes in. We've been know, in the room for eighty episodes. What are you talking about? Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit two hundred episodes before the end of the year here. It's gonna be crazy. One hundred or hundred. Yeah. I don't know what year it is. Uh, we're not doubling up that much. Uh, all right. Well, uh, stick around. We're talking like this is the end of the podcast, but st- uh, stick around because we're going to talk about Black Widow for a couple minutes before we let everybody go. Uh, the spoiler warning, though, if you've uh, not seen Black Widow yet, don't listen ahead. So, Taylor, thanks for coming on. We will all have right. you on sometime soon. All right. Bye, guys. Welcome back. Uh, so let's talk Black Widow, Brendan. Uh, this was actually a suggestion off that I had off of the Tomorrow War last week. Um, we mm-hmm. did not end up picking this as one of our uh, as our choice. We of course did Edge of Tomorrow, but uh, thought it would be fun to just talk a little bit about Black Widow because we both saw it in the theater. Saw a Marvel movie yeah. in the theater this week. Yeah, I went to the uh, I went back to the AFI for the second weekend in a row in Silver Spring. Um, and saw Black Widow. There was only about a dozen other people in the theater. That AFI, I guess, is it very popular? I think like, that it's not the kind. I mean, because that's like an that's like an artsy theater. And yeah, every, every time I, I go there, think to see like a Marvel movie there. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. But um, it was a really you know, I mean, it was a fun experience. It was a good um, you know, good tight two hours or so. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought the performances were good. I thought the cast was really good. I two thought hours and 15 it, minutes, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it felt shorter than that. I mean, I thought it was fine. I, See, I, th- I, I thought it felt kind of long, to be I honest. I didn't feel the length of it too much. Um, I thought I, I thought it moved at a pretty good pace. I, I really liked the um, interplay between um, our three main characters in David Harbour, um, Florence Pugh, and Scarlett Johansson. I thought they all three had really uh, good chemistry. Um, David Harbour annoys me. He's one of those I, actors that just annoys. He was like, supposed I, to be. So. Yeah, I just I don't find his like shtick very funny. Fair enough. Um, um, I know, like I think I'm in the minority because I know people love him in Stranger Things and they yeah. love the like Red Guardian character that he plays in this, but I just think he's like, I don't know, that doesn't do it for me at all. Um, but I do think I agree. I think the chemistry between Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, playing the sisters in this movie were uh, this is a full spoiler discussion i know we said that on the podcast but just in case you need another warning uh we're not we're not holding back on spoilers on this um but yeah i thought i thought their chemistry was really good Forrest Pugh was hilarious in this movie yeah was, i was not expecting that yeah i was not expecting this movie to be as funny as it was um so i thought they did a really good job bringing out the humor despite like i think they had to squeeze humor wherever they could because with where Scarlett Johansson's character was at the end of Endgame, you know, which is dead, D-E-D, dead, um, there's sort of a pall that hangs over this movie because you mm-hmm. know where her character is going. So the movie needed to feel lighter on its feet to sort mm-hmm. of lower the stakes a little bit because people already know the stakes are low. Right. So or I, I like, think they had to kind of... Yeah, I guess there's it's hard to raise the stakes in this movie because right. yeah, because you know exactly. Scarlet, you know Black Widow's gonna survive. Um okay. yeah, I my biggest feedback on this, and it was the thing that bothered me a lot in the first part of this movie, because I was I mm. just recently rewatched the MCU movies, but having this come out five years after when it takes place, I spent so much of the first movie or the first part of the movie trying to be like, wait, what did, how how did Black Widow end in Civil War? Like, was she on the run? Was she arrested? Right. Like, 
And then I'm like, well, and how was she at the with beginning of Infinity War? She's with Captain America, correct? Like, yeah, I was is. just trying to place everything that this was going on in this movie. And it's such a shame that this movie didn't come out in the time when it takes place. Because it would have been, can you imagine watching this movie it would have been a lot after better. Civil yeah. War? It would have been so exciting to watch, like, yep. all right, Black Widow's on the run. And this is what she does on the run. It would have been like the yeah. old... Uh, I remember there were some old X-Men cartoons where Wolverine is out on the run and you have one like bottle episode that's just about Wolverine yeah. and not about all the rest of the X-Men. It would have been something like that. And it would have been so interesting. It would have been very fun. In yeah, and, I mean, you wouldn't have been able to have the post credit scene, but I think that's fine. You so, don't need that post credit scene. Uh, but I will, I, I will then, say, so Kyle King is in uh, yeah. one of the Marvel groups that I'm in and, and we were chatting about this movie and he had a great point. He said, can you imagine though, if this movie came out in 2016 and they had that post credit scene, and the post-credit scene implies at some point in the future, Black Widow dies and Hawkeye is responsible. Way. But you don't like, know when. And yeah, you're you like, wait, Hawkeye killed Black Widow? That would have been insane. That would have been the it actually made It would have actually made that moment in Endgame a lot better. Yeah, because, I guess it would have spoiled that moment because you would have realized that what was going to happen. It would have taken yeah. away some of the dramatic tension from Endgame. But it would in the in 2016 though years before that comes out you'd be like oh my god why is Hawkeye gonna kill her and the way you see Hawkeye that he's like on a revenge mission at the beginning of Endgame you would have thought yeah. okay maybe he kills her because of that. Um, the the only problem I have with that though is that with that premise and the whole sort of building her own reconnecting with her family in this movie is her entire like reason that she decides to let go and let Clint live is because Clint has a family and she doesn't. And it's like, this movie just kind of undid that character plot logic for why she dies in Endgame. Mm. So it, like, undercuts its own yeah, logic, its own stakes in her character, which would have been fine if this movie came out five years ago, like you were saying. I mean, but if you're comparing her family and his family and Clint has kids and a wife and Natasha has a sister and a father. So mm. I, I don't, like, don't want to get into the, to the survivor Panama. What's more important, a father or a wife or a but sister? Like, I mean, you know? like the, I get where she's, I mean, it, 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 it kind okay. of adds some, some gravity, you know, they're on a different planet, but it adds a little gravity to her decision to <laughs> sacrifice herself. Um, Although, like, yeah, she never she never brings up, like, hey, I have this sister who's also right. a badass. She might be able exactly. to help us in this battle. So now I think that that's probably going to come yeah. up and be a plot point that they have to resolve in whatever Hawkeye show Definitely. she shows up in. So you I know, think that's what this is teasing, right, yeah, is, that, exactly is that in the Hawkeye show that uh, Florence Pugh's character, that what is her name in this? Uh, uh, Yelena. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they don't do a good job of of giving no, her. No, I have no like, idea what her name was. For I do remember now, Yelena, them saying it, but yeah, they didn't make it memorable at all. Well, it's uh, also really confusing because her name is Yelena, and then um, Rachel Weisz's the mom is Molena. So it's uh, like Yelena, yeah. Molena. It's like, come on, pick a name. Yeah. Um, yeah, they. I, I'm assuming that. I mean, that actually, that post credit did make me very excited for the Hawkeye show. Whenever we're getting yeah. that, which is that 2022, or is that this fall that we get? I believe it's next year. Um, because or yeah, late, I think Yelena is going to at least be the villain for the Hawkeye show for the first part. Because I think that movie, that show is going to be about her trying to get revenge for Natasha. Um, and probably mid, I would, you know, we'll, we'll we'll play this back in a year when that show comes out. But I would imagine yeah. midway through that show, she realizes she's being manipulated by Julia Dreyfus' character right. and uh, teams up with Hawkeye. I would, and it's I would nice imagine. because it does give stakes to whatever 
was going on in that scene with Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character and John Walker at the end of Captain right. America. Um, yeah. Captain America. But she's Captain kind of, it seems like she's assembling her own yeah. team of, like, uh, anti-hero Avengers. Basically. Yeah, anti-hero Avengers. Yeah, yeah. whatever they're going to call them. Um, I know there's a comic book name, which is the Thunderbolts. Right. But and so does that mean Thunderbolt, is Thunderbolt Ross involved with that, too, yeah, which he was in this you know, movie? Yeah, that's um, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, so, so. And, he, and well, that's William Hurt's character in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that I uh, that, you know, this this movie, like the first the first third, I was like trying to place the timeline. Then when they're in when they're doing all the like born stuff, Mission Impossible stuff in Europe and and, you know, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh kind of working together and uh, they're in uh, Budapest. Like it, that stuff was great. I was having so yeah, much fun watching that. Good. I was I was like, I'm loving this movie. And then the third act is just kind of that generic big Spoiler. blow up third act, you know kill the villain uh they, they made it a bond the movie end. ending they made right. it a bond movie basically yeah yeah which is fine but it's like the it's a kind of ending we've seen in so many marvel movies before right. so. but also so many action genre movies where there's a million of them like mm-hmm. i mean they basically teased it with her watching moodraker earlier in the movie yes as to what was going to happen in the end so that that actually i kind of appreciated as a payoff but yeah taylor would not have noticed like, that no, but it's also like they had to. They basically wanted to make a Bond movie, and they made it. Start and, and the, I mean, it's like, nice because each each Marvel movie kind of has you know like the Spider movies are are high school yeah. movies. You know, like yeah. we've we get these different genres. So it was fun that this is sort of in the same vein as like Winter Soldier, where it's that spy right. movie. It reminded me. I actually thought it reminded me more of Born, like Born Identity, and okay. some of those Born movies than Bond or Mission Impossible. But it's kind of in the vein of all of those. Yeah, it's kind of in the vein. Um, of what about uh, what about Taskmaster? A lot of talk about Taskmaster lately. Underwhelming because I didn't really understand what was going on with that character and why they had all of these powers. It was very—I thought it was very underdeveloped, even though the look and the fighting style was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought the reasoning and the time spent, like really drilling down on. Wait, so when would Taskmaster have fought Captain America to learn how to fight like Captain America? That doesn't make any sense. Or when would they have fought Spider-Man to be able to jump around like Spider-Man? That doesn't make any sense. I didn't even pick even that though, up. Did Taskmaster have those abilities? Yeah. Mm. So Taskmaster I just thought it had like healed. gotten other exactly. abilities. Like I think some of it was maybe through like it was like a computer program, right? So it maybe was like some a of it. Terminator. Yeah, it was like. Yes, yeah, so maybe some of that learns. was captured from like video footage or something. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But it's supposed to be when you fight them, it learns your fighting style, so that you right. Can yeah, yeah I, so. I feel like what we got with Taskmaster is the same thing I felt with Whiplash and yeah. probably some other villains, but just where we get like a villain that I remember from growing up and, you know, it's a big name villain and it's just turned, it's just as a henchman for the whole right. movie um, exactly. that really just kind of like, it's like, it's like what we got with Bane from uh, Batman and Robin way back in yeah. the nineties. So yeah, yeah I, I think it was, it was pretty uneventful. I agree. Um I mean, I you thought know, the act- fight scenes were really good, but yeah, it's, I wish there had been more there. there. Yeah, the actress who played uh, who played Taskmaster though was the Bond girl in Quantum of Solace. Speaking oh, of really? James Bond yeah. movies, okay, yeah. Um, so Olga, I'm not gonna attempt to, but she played. I'm not gonna attempt her last name, but she played Camille in okay. Quantum of Solace. So, um, and oh, and look at that, she's in Oblivion. If we want to just connect oh, to all of these movies we're talking about, <laughs> um, uh, you know, another connection that that I did mention was Lauren Balfi did the score of this. Yep. 
also did the scores tomorrow war i thought lauren balfi's score was really good in black widow yeah, I, it was really I, thought, good. I, I don't know i just found myself like often like noticing the music and thinking it was really great what did you think of the smells like teen spirit emo credits oh um it took me a while to figure out what song it was actually yeah it was kind of a lot of people were like, commenting oh. on that yeah um yeah that's fine um i the opening was really long like it was a yeah. long time to not get Scarlett Johansson in this movie. Well, it's because there was a lot of information that you were supposed to be reading on the screen, and I wasn't really processing. Well, it wasn't even reading, though. We were just watching, like, the flashback, right? There wasn't any words. But what I didn't understand is they have the, like, fireflies that uh, young Mm. young Natasha is, like, really interested in. Um, And then there's fireflies at the end of the movie, but I don't really know what the significance of the fireflies were. Freedom? I don't know. It was just weird to spend time on that twice in the movie like their book ends to this movie and it doesn't seem like there's really any significance their butts are powered by gas i don't know no i mean i think it was supposed to be that like natasha was really into fireflies but it's not like her character is called firefly her character is it's just supposed to be symbolism of what the fire yeah, yeah i guess I I it, that didn't work yeah. very well uh i also don't think the masks worked it like it's such a cheap twist that oh it's actually i not thought it was natasha. perfect because i thought it was super i thought it was su- like exactly what this movie was trying to do which was like the mission impossible james bond right. thing and it also was like with a little bit of oceans 11 in there yeah. of, like here's it how just, we pulled it off like yeah i like that but the like the mask is just such a like it's, it works in mission impossible although av did remind me because i was complaining about that and he yeah. said well she does have the mask in uh winter soldier that she yeah. wears to pretend to be in like the um you know that advisory group or whatever yeah. um so i guess if i'm gonna make winter soldier my top my top mcu movie i can't complain about the masks too oh. much um another connection to tomorrow war uh both movies had uh co-stars of um of uh, what is it called? Um, Handmaid's Tale. Where oh, there was okay. actors from Handmaid's Tale in both Black Widow and in Tomorrow War. Nice. So, there you go. One more connection. Had this is kind of like our alternate uh, connection off of Tomorrow War. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's your movie? What's your movie map from Black Widow? This is our uh, this is our um, branch timeline where we yeah did exactly. yeah there we go branch timeline. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, last thing I want to do is just look at our MCU lists and see yes. where this one falls. Have you ranked this one on? Uh, I did rank this one. I will tell you exactly where I put it in just a second. Let me all right. Well, yeah, we're we're both pulling up our spreadsheets, which have our our rankings of all the movies. So, so uh, for I'll go first. Uh, we were pulling yours yeah, up. You so I have it at fourteen, um, and that falls between Iron Man three and Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, so right, basically smack dab in the middle of my uh, of my MCU list. I think that's not including any TV shows. This is just the movies. Um, for me, I think it, you know, like good first half, really, yep. really good second act, not great third act, a couple things yep. I didn't like. Um, maybe it'd be better on a rewatch, but I actually think it might be worse on a rewatch. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, Zachary. I have it at 15. So Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah, nice. Uh, and I have it between Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at 14 okay. and Avengers Age of Ultron at, 15, uh, at 16. Wow. That, so, okay, so our lists are almost at it because I have Age yeah. of Ultron at 16. I have Guardians of the Galaxy at 15. So I have it just one spot above Guardians 2. Um, and I thought it was a spot below Guardians 2. So there you go. Yeah. And what's your number one? My number one is Thor Ragnarok, followed oh, yes. by Endgame, Civil War, Infinity War, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, uh, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, the first adventure, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Spider-Man Far From Home, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Black Widow at 15, 
Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, Thor, Doctor Strange, Iron Man 2, Thor the Dark World, and Hulk. Where's Captain Marvel? I thought I said Captain Marvel in there somewhere. Oh, I don't know. She's Maybe. in there uh, at 17. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely like Black Widow much more than Captain Marvel. We're talking about female-led MCU movies. Yeah. Uh, I'll just give my top five real quick. So I got Winter Soldier at number one, Endgame number two, Infinity yeah. War number three, Civil War four, and Ragnarok five. Thor nice. Ragnarok five. Um, Endgame and Infinity War are very close for me, but the Star Lord of it all really knocks Infinity War down for me. Also, the like, had they just killed Vision... None of this would have happened, but they spent Correct. so much time like, trying to save thousands Vision. Of, thousands of Wakandas had to die so that Vision could live. So that Vision seconds. could die. Yeah, so yeah, Vision exactly. could live five seconds longer. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. of Wanda. Um, yeah. It's a little bit better because of Wanda Vision, but um, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> what do you think? Any, let's let's just give a quick Loki prediction that everybody will have already seen the Loki finale. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know, because we don't have, I don't want to give too much spoilers. Do you think the big bad in the end of Loki is going to be a character whose name starts with a K or a character whose name starts with an L. It's a big L. It's a big L. Yeah. I'm taking the L on this one too. It's taking the L on this one. It's a big L. Yep. But there might be a K in that name. Ooh. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, If you're not watching Loki, it's really good. It's, I definitely think Loki has been the best of the uh, MCU shows on Disney. Did Loki great. Yeah. Um, I would say Loki, then Falcon Winter Soldier, then WandaVision, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, that's, yeah, I agree. On WandaVision, that. I thought, was really good until the last couple episodes. Falcon yeah. Winter Soldier had some up and down episodes, but I thought, like, if you Overall. liked the, if you liked the feel of, uh, of, of Black Widow, that, like, spy movie yeah. action, it's in the same vein as that. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier would have been great on a binge. Yeah. As I was watching Black Widow, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, this is when the episode would end. Like, the, like yeah. it was like, oh, they rec- they rescued Red Guardian from the, the jail. I was like, oh, the episodes would end right here. Yeah. I like uh, that we're starting, sort of starting to think of movies in that way. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, and Taylor definitely doesn't. Um, all right. Anything else you want to say on Black Widow? Uh, no, just that I think I hope people check it out. And I hope they see it in a the theater. I mean, I. I neither of us watched it on our TVs, so I don't imagine what the experience is like. But there's nothing like going back to the movie theater, even to see a mid-range MCU movie. It was nice to be back in the theater to see. It. Uh, yeah, it was definitely fun to sit down. I was really excited. I was like, like the day I realized I was going to go, I was like very excited all day. I was like, oh man, I'm going to go sit in a movie theater and watch a Marvel movie. Um, but then the people I saw, because it's assigned seating, and I sat next yeah. to two very smelly people, and I was like, oh, maybe movie theaters <laughs> are overrated. Maybe we should just watch things at home. So. Right. I, I I was disappointed. I did finish my popcorn like ten minutes into the movie. I should have gotten oh, a beer. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll I just it. I just got a beer, but uh, yeah. you're gonna need a bigger popcorn. Yep. All, All right. right. Anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. So uh, on to uh, Magnolia next week on the Movie Ladder Podcast. Probably not a bonus movie review at the end of that. Although this was kind of fun to do this little like stinger at the end. So uh, uh, we'll see when the when the right movie calls for it. Maybe we'll do these little. <laughs> We could call this the movie ladder after curtain. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yes. The uh, we're like the we're like the people at the bottom of the ladder holding it for safety. Oh, Just yeah, talking yeah. to a black. The harness. Yeah. The harness. Yeah. Exactly. Something? I don't know. Yeah. Don't All know. right. Well, we'll see you guys next week for Magnolia. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. 
can be as bad as one It's the loneliest number since the number one 